Welcome to Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am your host, 3XL, and I want to warn you that Jim and Eric will spoil all this week's books and also prove once again that they're awful human beings. Just be glad you only have to deal with them once a week. Enjoy. Hey, how come you guys got better chairs than me? It's a secret. Shut up. Let's get a little weird in here as we jump into another thrilling installment into the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, Weird Out Loud. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Werner. And this is episode 18. I tried to throw you off a little there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're recording a little different today. Crazy. Yeah, we Crazy. usually record Saturday night, late night. We're always tired and hungry, and we're recording Sunday noon. And you know what I am? Tired and hungry and hot as balls, as you say. Uh, My family is out getting haircuts, so at some point you'll probably hear them busting in like a (laughs) pack of wild animals. But right now, the the house is mine, except my youngest son. He's downstairs watching TV. But uh, why are we recording on Sunday, Eric? Because yesterday I was at Wizard World Philadelphia, and it took up my entire day. Yep, the entire day. I sat at home waiting for updates, <laughs> emails, phone calls. I got nothing. No, I was nothing dead to the world except for I was just in, like, you know, entranced in the world of comic books and nerd mm-hmm. You got a lot of comic books there? Oh, yeah. There's a, a lot shit of comic book action for you? A lot of comic book action. Yeah, because to me, that Wizard World's a lot of... Um, multimedia auction and not much comic book action <laughs> no nah, man um, it was a shit ton of comics okay well tell tell me your favorite parts give us a little rundown of your comic con wizard world philadelphia experience well i missed out on every single panel i wanted to check out like there was the david Tennant. like the big thing was the david Tennant billy piper for the doctor who panel yep which i'd like to i wanted to check out but man was that freaking packed i'm sure that was right the big away deal. yeah it was a huge deal and unless you got VIP passes, you were freaking left out. And you didn't get VIP passes, did you? No, I did not. That's fucking no. expensive. In so. fact, before we even go, I applied again for us to get press passes. Now, when I applied, it really looked as if last year we did this, we were declined. They didn't like us. No, they let us in at the last, like, the, they had a cancellation. And they're like, all right, you guys can come. Mm-hmm. But they told us, like, the day before. Well, still, we were denied at first. Yes. So this year, I figure, okay, I'm going to apply again. We're going to get these press. Basically, we want to get in for free. Oh, yeah. we're, we're really not doing any press. No. Uh, so they're probably right to not send us uh, anything. But I, I apply. Basically, it looks like if you have a blog, website, podcast, and have a lot of Twitter followers, you're in. That's, all they ask is your address, maybe a sample of some news thing that you have done, and how many Twitter followers you have. So I, and I thought, we're in this time. We're in. Oh, yeah. Never even got a response. I didn't even get a denial. <laughs> so you got to go with your buddy Jay. I sat and at Damien. Home. Oh, Damien. Yeah, Jay and Damien. Damien and Jamin, yeah. Uh, I sat at home and got yelled at all day. Excellent. That's Excellent. basically my day. But again, now back to you. What was the excitement was? You were going to go see David Tennant. You did not. No, Stephen Amell was there. He had an arrow, uh, arrow panel with Katie Cassidy. That was pretty jammed, too. 
I don't know. I missed it completely because I didn't realize where it was at or when it was going down. Nice. Friggin' we, this late, I'm saying, the information desk would give the loudspeaker announcements about all the shit going down at certain times. Mm-hmm. And it was like this. Attention fans. It was that Charlie Brown? Pretty much. The acoustics at this place were terrible. It sounded like you listened to everything underwater. So I had no idea what this lady was saying throughout the day. So what you're saying is it's like everybody who listens to your part of the podcast every week. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I went a couple years ago. And I went before we even started the site. My wife just decided that we were going to go. And I did not enjoy it because I thought it was more of a thing where you pay money to get in to pay more money. And I didn't really enjoy it, though. My kids got to sit in the Batmobile. That's awesome. Uh, that was it. And I saw a really heavy set Harley Quinn. Uh, old school Harley. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. There was a lot of them. Yeah, I remember that. But uh, what else happened? Well, like that, a lot of heavy set, like Harley Quinns and Poison Ivies and Rogues. And we're just sitting there looking back at all these characters. We're like, something bad happened to Rogue or Poison <laughs> Ivy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, I, they ate a lot more since the last time you saw them. And like, I wanted to get a bunch of pictures for the website with uh, like me with different people and all DC stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My buddy Damien keeps saying, Eric, how about that one? Eric, how about that one? How about uh, Clark Kent there? I'm looking at Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he's the old style, like Christopher Reeve's Clark Kent, but he's okay. got his uh, shirt unbuttoned so you can see the Superman ass. He even has the fedora. So what that is is a very lazy man's costume. No, it's, a, it's a really cool costume, but the problem is, this guy looked like he was 80 fucking years old. Yeah. Like something bad happened to Clark Kent. He's old. That was 78. The time has passed. That uh, Christopher Reeve, for, for Christ, maybe he was playing Christopher Reeves. No, no, he was walking. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But no, uh, I, had a, I had a good time. I went around, and we were just bullshitting around, just having fun. I went outside for a while. I was talking to people about Doctor Who and whatnot, and like mm-hmm. the Avengers Age of Ultron. And just getting really familiar with all the people around, having a good time. Um, now, I know that myself and probably four avid, loyal listeners want to know, number one, did you wear the eye patch? No, I did not wear number the eye two, patch. Number two, were you mobbed by your massive amount of fans there? <laughs> no, no. no you, you weren't. Unfortunately, your, your call that if you went to Comic-Con, you'd get mobbed. Well, it's because I, I didn't wear the eye patch. Well, I thought you were America's sweetheart. I am America's After sweetheart. After that Evine Live appearance of yours, <laughs> I thought that you couldn't go anywhere without an I escort. Saying, I kept saying that to Jay yesterday at the time. Come on, man. I'm America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, did you talk to anybody who knew us or the side? I talked to Ethan Van Skyver because and the thing is I really had to I, – I am such a fanboy. It's, it's stupid because we got there and it wasn't that packed yet, right? Okay. But we got there real early. We took the first train we could get to get there on time. Mm-hmm. And I saw Ethan Van Skyver. Nobody around. He's just sitting there with some people doing stuff. Scribbling. Scribbling, yeah, he was. And it's like I felt like I had to break my sobriety and go get a drink to talk to this guy. And I kept putting it off. And Damien's like, what's fucking wrong with you, man? Go talk to him. And I was like, I will, I will. And then eventually I got around to it after he got really busy. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Ethan, would you sign my Green Lantern number 20? Because he had those four excellent pages in there. Oh, yeah. And eventually I want everybody who worked on Green Lantern 20 to sign my uh, book. That's never happened. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a goal, man. Calm mm-hmm. down. But uh, I went up to him. I was like, hey, Ethan, will you sign my Green Lantern 20? And he's working on a sketch for somebody. He's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, yeah, I'm Eric Shea from Weird Science DC Comics Blog. I'd like to thank you for the five questions you did because it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was the first time that we really got somebody on there that was doing it, like took fun in the, like part of it. Mm-hmm. You're was, fumbling now while you're talking to me about it. I can just imagine how you were talking to him. Fumbling lot, over yourself. It was a lot better, but no, okay. I, I gained some courage at this point. Okay. 
But the thing is, he's like, oh, and I was like, can I get a picture with you? He's like, yeah. And we do it. And that's was like, thanks a lot, Ethan. And I shake his hand, and he looks at me, and he says, my problem. Hmm. And I look at him weird. He's like, uh, yeah, that was a combination of my pleasure and no problem. Nice. But I, afterwards, I'm walking with Jay and Damien. I'm saying to myself, he shook my hand and he looked at me. He just saw how sweaty and gross <laughs> I was. Uh, and that's why he fumbled over him. my problem. No, actually, you know hand. what I think it is? I think it's that these guys, we, we think that these guys are like these rock stars. <laughs> they're they not. are to me. They, but they are to us, but they're yeah. not. He is just as awkward as us. So him said, that would be something I would say. Like yeah. Chica, uh, yeah. What did I say? The I forget at work. People pass around cards, and somebody's parent dies, and I write, uh, you know, good luck, have a great summer, <laughs> hope we stay in touch. <laughs> like, isn't this a yearbook? That's uh, all those are. That's why I refuse to sign them. Yeah, you do. You're you're a bad person. No, I'm an indifferent person. Uh, speaking of which, this is a podcast talk. This is normal talk. Yes, uh, I saw the three worst people in our work yesterday in person outside of work, and it was the worst day ever. That's but terrible. I'll tell you about that later. Oh, well, I <laughs> back, know. back to oh. Comic Con. Uh, no, we, so we who walked, else was there? Oh, I'm saying they had a bunch of people there. Like there was uh, Stephen Amell and Katie Cassidy and uh, Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. uh, Frankie Muniz. Oh, Frankie Muniz. What was he? The, when we were going through the list of people, I'm like, first off, Frankie Munoz. He, number one, he uh, who does he appeal to? Because if he appealed to anybody, it would be my kids ten years ago. Yeah, right, somewhere around there. They're grown up, so they don't want any parts of him. Newer kids have no idea who he is, and older people think he's a joke. I could be completely off base on this, but I was walking around a lot. And I didn't see anybody at his booth no. at all. Uh, is, did anybody show up with Agent Cody Banks 2 for a sign? <laughs> what are they going to sign? What is he going to be there for? I don't it's know, Frank man. It's Frank and Munoz. Nobody's going, hey, Malcolm. <laughs> That's probably what he got to. Yeah. They were like, hey, Malcolm. Yeah, How's your dad, Heisenberg? Uh, yeah, true. That's actually, that might be the biggest pull that he would have is for somebody to get an autograph only because he was on a show with him. Yeah. Uh, that's odd. Yeah, and then they yell stuff at Lou Ferrigno, and he's like, I can name everything you can. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, because my buddy Jay, his dad back in the 70s and 80s was a big bodybuilding nut, right? <laughs> like his favorite movie, what was that one like he did uh, Pumping Iron with Arnold? Oh, that yeah. was I'm pumping- choking. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> I took a glass, a sip of coffee. I'm choking at that. Jesus. Oh, yes, uh, Pumping Iron with Arnold. Yeah, it was awesome was, because that whole time. That was Jay's. What's that? I was going to say, that was Jay's dad's favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, the best part of it is if you're a Lou Ferrigno fan and you watch that movie, you're irritated the whole time because all (laughs) Arnold does is fuck with him the whole time. And it made me laugh. I've seen that movie so many times. And uh, probably the smallest person who's ever watched that movie (laughs) uh, besides Franco Colombo. Franco Colombo. But, yeah, so did you guys talk to Lou? Well, that's the thing. Jay really wanted to get an autograph for his dad. It's like 45 bucks, I think it was, for Lou okay. Ferrigno's autograph. And then we went, and he, like, he, he had cleared out of his booth. So mm-hmm. we asked the lady, oh, when's he going to be back? And like, it's going to be like an hour and a half or some shit. Okay. So we continue to go Where's walk around. Where's Lou going? I don't can know. He, he's probably going to lunch, but can he eat lunch at the booth? I, I have Is no idea. Is there too many people paying Lou that he doesn't want to hang around? <laughs> Holy moly. Now, in a side story, when I went a couple years ago, Lou was there. And he was an asshole. He was oh, really? yelling at people. And, oh, yeah, they, he was a jerk. Well, I the worst part, that, 
Well, I, I got really scared though because then like Jay's really pissed off because he just wants to get this autograph for his dad. And I'm like, oh, what's he going to do? You're going to go up there and, hey, yo, how are you doing? You know, oh, you're doing all that. Th and then yes. I got really scared. Like, holy shit, he could be behind yeah, you right now. Yeah, he's right behind you. And he's got, actually, I would assume he would grab you and Jay's heads like coconuts and smash them together. Oh, God. So I got really paranoid for a little bit. But then we went back and then, hey, there's Lou. Jay went up and he's taking a picture with this other guy and he signed something and then immediately took off. He yeah. just left. And like, okay, well, fuck this then. Jay's like, you know, it's not worth 45 bucks anymore. Maybe when I first found out Lou was here, it was okay. Now I'm done. Yeah, Lou's gone. He's gone. I, I laughed. You actually told me a little bit of that story, just that you went to get Lou's autograph and then he was gone. I'm like, it was like Homer. Who was Homer trying to get the autograph for? I don't remember. I can't remember that. He said, I asked the guy if he'd be back. And he said he didn't know. Well, that was the best part because, like, right next to Lou's booth was Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, and he his fucking line was packed. They're like, maybe we should just go ask Jason David Frank when Lou's going to be back. Oh, yeah. so at first, we had there was no one around, so we had no idea. There was nothing saying when he would be back. Okay. And eventually, like, oh, let's go ask Jason David Frank. And I go, yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme is the best martial artist ever, Ooh. and he kicks our ass. Yeah, everybody's kicking your ass this whole convention, up and down, <laughs> except Frankie Munez. Uh, but no, I, it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of people there that I like to say, a shit ton of wrestlers that I don't know. But... Yeah, I said, I asked you if you saw any of the wrestlers, and you're like, I don't know these guys. And unfortunately, no. I do. Like, I'd be there, hey, there's Randy Orton, there's Dolph Ziggler. Hey, you don't know these guys. Though I no, said, I know... if you see these guys that are huge, then yeah. you, you would know that they might be them. I don't know. There was this one guy who was uh, dressed as Red Hood that I got a picture taken mm -hmm. with. This big black guy. And mm -hmm. he could have been a wrestler for all I know because this guy was huge. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I, I don't know if it was just padding or what, but the guy came off, like, you know, like stacked as hell. He wasn't a tall guy, but he was just wide, and it wasn't like a fat wide. Oh, really? That's weird. I There is a weird sound coming from your mic. That's the ice cream man. It's uh, the ice cream man I was going to ask you, but every time you stopped talking, it would go away. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, was there a damn ice cream truck outside? I was really hoping you couldn't oh my hear God, that because it's it. starting to bother the uh, shit out of me. bother you. I was worried that he was coming to abduct you again. <laughs> They're showing up in front of your house. Is that the guy that hung out there for like three hours? Yeah, I'm waiting That's, for it now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a great thing that he decided right now. So, yeah, everybody will hear the freaking ice cream truck. That's why I got... Uh, uh, freaking off track there. I'm listening to this ice cream truck. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Uh, what were you talking about? <laughs> I know. Just that I have a. I had a great time. Just oh, you were talking about people. the Red Hood guy. Yeah, it was yeah, huge. Yeah, we're going to put the uh, put pictures up. From and that. that's I, the worst part, though. I want to do a thing. I don't know what to write about for this uh, Wizard World Philadelphia because I just went out and hung out and just talked to people and got my pictures taken. Mm. I wasn't there for any of the celebrities. Oh, uh, but I just had a good time. I got a cool flash print. I got Ethan Van Skyver to sign my Green Lantern, and I, that was all I really wanted. Yeah. Besides, for trying to find a Solomon Grundy Imaginex figure, but nobody was selling Imaginex. No, nobody, there. nobody was selling Imaginex. That's all. Yeah. Uh, when I went, there was so there was a lot of bootleg videos. I couldn't uh, find a single no? bootleg video. That's weird. Maybe they cut. Maybe they cracked down. Like um, growing up, I used to go to all these different conventions, like horror and Star Wars and shit mm -hmm. like that, and. Bootlegs out the ass. Yeah. Did not see a single yeah, one. Well, the couple years ago, I went, and when you would you'd go through that big that how it was set up is that first area where you wait in line to get in. Once yeah. you get in, then you wait in that line, and then right as you went in, that one like the made up wall kind of thing. Right as you go was yeah. nothing but bootleg videos. They had like that super the superheroes the what's it called the uh, Justice League one. Yeah, the Justice uh, all those things. They had tons of stuff. All a bunch of crap. Like I would have loved to got that. What was it, the um. 
the Legion, no, the legendary superheroes. Where yeah, it was that's like, the, I'm yeah. telling you, that was the one. And I remember seeing it, I was going to get it. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to waste my money. Plus, it was weird. I, I have a thing about buying stuff from somebody that is just like a pressed DVD. It's the same as the yeah. old days when you get the video cassette. It just <laughs> seems odd to me that I'm, I'm buying a copy that this guy just happens to have that copy and a DVD copier. Which That's is all bullshit because you spent majority of your life buying bootlegs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I like to consider them uh, early releases. That's what I like to consider us. We used to get stuff from uh, uh, Hong Kong uh, yeah. from this guy named Pang. That's all it came at the, the uh, return address. His name was Pang. And we got a copy of, what was it, Spy Kids 2. I told you about this where it came in. My kids, again, it's because they, they just can't wait. So yeah. I got, we saw Spy Kids 1. They really liked it. We didn't go to the movies to see Spy Kids 2. They needed to see that darn movie. So I ordered it online from this pang. It shows up, and on the back is a review from Richard Roper. And it says, I, I didn't like the first one to recommend it. I like this one even less. I'm like, that is great. That is like the, the best. Way to go, guys. Lost to, in translation. Way to press it, pang. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. At I did. I had a good time. I was out there all damn day. And the, one of the best parts of it, though, was mm -hmm. the train ride there. Oh, yeah? Because right before, like right next to the train station in Comar is uh, Wawa. Oh, My yeah. buddy Jay got like a um, – he got something to drink, and he drank it right away. And as soon as the train doors closed, it's like a half an hour ride down to the uh, center of Silly Philly. Yeah. And he had to pee instantly. So oh, really? I'm telling you. At one point, though, this is the, like the, the worst he's ever had to pee in his life. He was in such pain that he was willing to get off the train early and just like get an Uber taxi on his goddamn phone and meet us there. Mm. And the train can yeah. The, and the one guy like who like walks around and takes I don't even know what they're yeah. called like the you guy sure who like uh, they, punches they your tickets. They don't have any bathrooms in that train. No, that's weird. I, I, I think, think it's weird. One. That, you know, I, I, I've never seen one on a yeah, train. I don't know. You'd think they'd have at least one. It's somewhere on that train. That, uh, somebody's got a crap there. I've never been on the train. I mean, some of the trains do smell like urine. But I've never really actually seen a guy crap his pants on the train. I no. don't think that there'd be some sort of, uh, you know, bathroom of some sort. But uh, the best part was, though, that Jay, he's a 31-year-old man, mm -hmm. was actually contemplating pissing his pants on mm -hmm. a train. Because Not like a cup or he, had to go. he could kind of, you could shield him, he could get a cup or something. He was actually just going to piss his pants. The train was packed. You know, pissing your pants is the coolest. <laughs> yeah, we said that. that I'm problem. Miles Davis. But Jay was not having any of it because we're trying, Damien and I are just trying to make light and fun of it. He was so upset and angry mm. because he, I'm telling you, he's a grown ass man who actually was contemplating pissing his pants. Nice. And that was just the end of it because we'd never let it go. We're terrible friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, oh, See, yeah, there's just, no way. What was he going to do? Go and buy pants then? Or I don't know. I, I really don't know what he, he, he went, didn't really think out that plan well. No, it was just so painful for him. Nice. And we're trying to encourage, don't worry, man. We, all, like, we only have like four more stops and then we're going to be there. We'll be able to find a bathroom. And like two stops from where we were getting off. He was actually just going to get off the train, and like guys, like there's nothing around here to do, man. Sit, yeah, sit yeah, back yeah. down. Wouldn't let him off the train, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah, that is weird. And he, so Jay sits back down, and he's just in so much agony. And we're just sitting there making fun of him. And he had talked about how he really wants to do a RoboCop cosplay at one point because nobody uh, cosplays as RoboCop. And, so yeah. we're just sitting, we're just sitting there around him. 
friggin' like humming the RoboCop theme in his face. Nice. I just <laughs> figured just... you were gonna say like if you were a RoboCop, you really wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom to get that goddamn armor off. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he but he didn't piss his pants. No, he did not piss his pants. And then on the way back, I said that was the best part of because just how much like that would have been. Like, I don't know. I can't even explain it because I'm just such a terrible friend to have this over him and use it like, for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. It was so it was so fun to me. But on the way back, it was the train was really packed again, so we had to sit away from one another. And there was this little Asian girl next to me, had her headphones in the whole time, so there was no talking except for, hey, can I sit, sit here? And then she moves her purse, and that's it. And then when the guy's coming around to take the tickets, she had to buy her ticket there. She's like, I'm going to Doylestown. So she's like, that's $7. She hands the money across me to him, and I take the money out of her hand and hand it to the guy, and I realize as soon as I do this, this is not something you do. <laughs> Did they get mad? No, no, They're the like, guy. going to steal the money. I even say out loud, as I hand it to the guy, I realize as soon as I grab this, this was wrong. And he just starts busting out laughing. Nice. And then when he get, takes the money, he's given the change. I, see, like, I lean back as far as I can to get away from this money like it's some kind of plague. Nice. And then I kind of sit away from her the whole time just because how embarrassed I was. You were going to steal her money. Oh, no, God. Uh, yes, you're awkward, and you shouldn't be allowed in public. Really? That's what it comes down to? Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't there. I probably would have done something crazy. I would have insulted seven people by accident and then probably gotten punched in the face. But the uh, highlight for me was seeing everybody in cosplay. I, yeah. I love seeing that, and when it's done really well, it's, it's such a joy. I got a lot of pictures. Like, I saw a really great uh, like new Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. And they looked fantastic together. Dean Kane there? No, Dean Kane was not there. And fucking, that's the problem, too. Nathan Fillion canceled. I would have loved to see Nathan Fillion. And Bruce Campbell, my fucking mm. idol growing up, Ken, he I, canceled. I don't know if you get this concept. <laughs> when are you going to see Nathan Fillion? If you don't buy the VIP, he is in a tent. He's not. The guy doesn't just walk around and buy hot dogs and then hang out, mainly. Sometimes Some they do, but not, not much. Uh, but, did you, did you see them. Yeah, but those are guys that aren't probably are not going to be at a booth. They're probably those are guys that are going to be in a tent where they have the main guys. Like I'm, I'm telling you, did you did you see Burt Reynolds? Was he just hanging out? Yeah, at I the saw Burt Reynolds. He okay, but you probably saw him from a way distance. No, not that far. Yeah, but still, it's not like you're going to walk into Nathan Fillion or, or Bruce Campbell and ask him how his day is. No, it's not even that. It's just being. You just want to be in a in a room with them. Yes, that's all I want. You are a. You are a, a fanboy. That's you're, what I you're am. Worse. Oh. You are worse, my friend. Well, enough of this Comic Con business. Fair enough. On to the podcast, which I guess that was part of it. But we <laughs> have right now listener mail. Excellent. Before listener mail, I'm just going to throw in a correction. Last week I mentioned <laughs> that Batman Incorporated number 13, and I was, uh, the, what was it? Uh, Grant Morrison, he does this, and he throws stuff and mentioned that Cassandra Kane showed up and shot yeah. at the Golden Gun. It was actually Kathy Kane. Yeah. I, I actually realized that as I was talking, but I couldn't. So I, did I. I. Was, it, I it was it seemed off, but I was I wasn't sure. And I, but yeah, like I said to Reggie one time when we were talking online, I, I or he actually said, "You're you know just enough to get yourself in trouble." Yeah. And that's what it was. I, my memory was bad, and I was I guess I was thinking ahead to the. Well, it's bat, not only that man. Issue. There's it's a lot of Canes. It was Kathy Kane, Cassandra Kane, and Kate Kane. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, it was Kathy Kane. Yes, it was. It was Kathy Kane, but. On to listener mail. And no John this week. So no as, John. He, as he told us last week, we just have to assume that we're, we suck. 
Yes, we so do. And he's we doing always, some real life problems. Yes, we always assume uh, that. But the first one is from Carol. Carol said, just caught the podcast the last two weeks. And why do you keep reading negative stuff that people send to you? <laughs> I really like you guys, even if Eric seems to be mean to Jim. I think that was just the one podcast. Well, she's, she's listened to two. And she thinks you're mean. You're a mean oh, person. So there. I'll try to be less mean. Okay. The next one. Try. I'll next, try. I can't yes. promise I'll try, but I'll try to try. Yes. The next one's from Chisanga. And I had mentioned to you, I think last week on the podcast and in person as well, that Chisanga kind of went dead. We were worried about Chisanga that either I had offended him or he had dropped off a cliff or something to his fiery death. So I had actually. See, this is what we do. Yeah, he was in a car. Actually, oh, okay. when. Um, that's how we are on the podcast. When we have somebody who writes in a lot, I actually check up on them when we don't hear from them. Now, John, I haven't uh, emailed because he's awful. But Chisanga, I, I sent a mail like, hey, what's going on? I hope I didn't offend you. We haven't heard from you. So Chisanga uh, indeed is alive and writes, hey, guys, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. I've been mostly quiet these past two weeks since the only Convergence books that I was interested in were the pre-Flashpoint books since I am more familiar with them than Zero Hour and Crisis of Infinite Earth stories. So we're nearly done with the event. Do, do you guys wish they never did Convergence in the first place? Because like Justice League said last week, no one at DC thinks it's important apart from making money. Uh, what do you think of that? I don't know. On when I, we first received this and I read it, I was really, I'm really burned out from Convergence. Mm -hmm. But then right before the podcast, I reviewed uh, the Convergence to the question number two. Mm-hmm. And it was so goddamn good that I mean, it's like it reinvigorated me a little bit. So what you're saying is you're in and out within, you know, you're like an emotional roller coaster, as they say <laughs> yes, in, a, in the book of generic reviews. <laughs> so whenever you're up, you're up and then down, it, it just goes book by book. I guess it is really because I don't know. I think the convergence for the most part is a little silly just because, you know, since they're moving, they needed an event so they could like, you know, stop all the other books. Yeah. But some of it's really fun, you know. You can get behind some of these stories and, like, you know, re-exploring some of these characters we haven't seen in a while is fun when it's done right. Um, I have an issue with this week only because I was actually – I think that me and you together are pretty positive about the event. After seeing what happens in these second issues in regards to Convergence, I, I want to throw it all out the freaking window. Yeah. Because they pretty much – I don't even – I don't know. Oh, we'll talk about it when, it when we get to the books. But, man, they really set something up that wasn't it and tried to play it off, and now it's turning into – There's no payoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it not, seems like it should have been a three-parter instead of a two-parter. It's very odd. Uh, but, yeah, this week kind of annoyed me. Even with books that I – Superman, I gave a 9.9, .9, and I'm yeah. still annoyed – with the fact of how it ends. Uh, Me as well. I, I tried to, with all of these, I tried to review it as a single issue and not part of that whole thing. But yeah, if you're, that's probably a, a shitty way of doing it that somebody will call me on. But I like the individual stories for what they were. But the, as Convergence books, I think they were all bombs. But that's just me. And yes, I kind of wish that this event didn't happen now because it, it just seems like a lot of nonsense. Maybe it'll kind of tie up at some point but i really Hopefully. don't know how i do, the way these books end it seems like 
The convergence this month should end, and there should be two more convergence titles to tie everything up. For the yeah. convergence titles to end at the same week as the whole tie-ins end, to me, seems very odd because there's going to be a lot of mix, like uh, jumping back and forth with timing and stuff like this that's already a little confusing. Yeah. So uh, the next email, I'm going to get ready. i got to take a sip because this is from <laughs> Reggie. It's, a, it's not as long as normal Reggie. Um, Reggie, of course, has a three-part email this time because oh. he is going to give a shout-out to our man, Ryan Clark. Uh, because a lot of people, including Batman with a Box, were bashing Brian la- uh, last week because the week before he was kind of bitching and moaning that we go too long. I have a feeling, which we do. <laughs> you know, I, have a fe- I have a feeling after today he's really going to have some time uh, bitching and moaning because I think this one's going to go long. So strap yourselves in, guys. Get ready for the ride. But here we go. Reggie says, "Dear Jim." For two deplorable and subhuman gentlemen as yourself to agree that the employee at your local comic shop is an asshole tells me that this person must be the absolute worst person on the face of the earth. I'm imagining this guy was walking around the store munching on raw babies and expelling pungent Burger King farts and in between loudly pontificating that Adolf Hitler was misunderstood and then pissing on the floor. Actually, of all that, the Burger King farts don't sound so bad to me, actually, if you ask me. This guy must be some kind of serial puppy rapist to raise your hackles, considering you and Eric should be arraigned for crimes against common sense and human decency. I praise the saints in heaven that you, Eric, and this comic book store version of Bill Paxton and the movie that is your namesake are corralled in whatever hellish village in which you reside, Quakertown. The next order of business would be to erect a thick... 40-foot-high concrete wall around the place to ensure that you are separated from polite society for all time. I imagine that the people in your town are as bright as you and Eric. Then it will devolve into feral lawlessness before nightfall on the first day of internment. And so you can go murder that crummy comic book purveyor with impunity. It's like friggin' uh, weird science, uh, no man's land. I, I actually no man's land. I was thinking of uh, what's that, the purge or so. I didn't yeah. see that, but that's what it seems like it was to me. Uh, yeah, our town's pretty shitty. He's not even in our town. He's a little down the way. Uh, up the way. Yeah, up the way, down the way, wherever you want to go. He, uh, he's a jerk. But, yeah, I am sorry that you had that experience on Free Comic Book Day, however. It seems awfully small-minded for someone to berate your choice of comic books when there are so many more fundamentally flawed things about you to criticize. <laughs> That's true. That'd be great. I'd go in. I'm like, yeah, do you have divergence? Boy, Shut up, ugly. Boy, you're not in shape, you ugly man who doesn't <laughs> shave. Many comic shop owners in New York used to be like that. Like this in the heyday of the direct market, but since comic sales softened 20 years ago and New York rents skyrocketed to obscenity in the last five years, these shopkeepers have been more polite, a little too polite if you ask me. At my local comic shop, they offered a free reach around with every purchase on comic, free comic book day. I took them up on the offer purely for scientific purposes, you understand. Uh, of course. Yeah, no, it wasn't for scientific purposes. Plus, uh, and Reggie emailed me uh, where that shop is. I'll be there next week. Nice, nice job on the podcast, but I disagree with D-Ron. <laughs> who suggested you get rid of Dan and Ryan. Their segments are the only things keeping your average listener from committing a bloody murder-suicide. And since they won't be murdering you or Eric, then there's really no benefit to anyone. Love, Reggie. (laughs) All right, Reggie. Reggie likes Dan. He always supports Dan and Ryan. Totally. Um, Next one's for you, though. Dear Eric, I cannot say how heartened... My, myself and six billion other members of the human race are to hear that you have no intention of propagating because, frankly, we've been talking and your testicles have already been targeted for elimination by satellite laser. <laughs> Not that any of us thought it was likely you'd procreate, mind you, being that your sperm count has been annihilated from repeatedly pulling burritos out of the 7-Eleven microwave and watching crummy movies with the lights off. 
Since you've opted out of parenthood, let me applaud you on behalf of the world community and offer a lifetime supply of aimless personal meandering and suffering, or surfing free porn clips to fill the vacuous hole where a fulfilling family life might have gone. I do hope you never need assistance moving into a trailer of your own someday. That's a low blow, Reg. It's a low, low blow. That is pretty good, but then he gets real. Being that you've got 17 episodes of this podcast unleashed upon the, witting un, uh, the unwitting populace, already, perha- already, perhaps you might consider investing in some equipment to enhance the, audity qua- all, uh, the audio quality of your <laughs> voice. The following suggestions would all be a market improvement over the alpine yodel you currently employ. Number one, two tin cans and a length of string. <laughs> Number two, recording in another room beside your bathroom. Actually, you should. You should do that. Number three, use your inside voice when recording. You know, that's his main issue is that you come booming in. It's like a is boom. that really on my end or is yeah. that from there? No, it's, it's because of the way that mic picks it up. It's not a, a unidirectional. I, you know, I'm, I don't know the ins and outs, but you have this little <laughs> mic. I'm telling you, we've mentioned it before. You look up and then when you cough like that, it, it's right in my ear. <laughs> when, when I look up online how to do a podcast, number one. It says, do not use the mic and a laptop. That is number one on everything I read. What do you Since use? when do we follow the goddamn right, rules well, of how you should do things? What are, you, what are you using to record this? I'm like on my laptop. Uh, yes. Number three. Oh, use the inside voice. Like I said, he says, when he talked talk to me about it, it's that you come every time you open your mouth, it comes booming in and it drowns me out, which some people might like. Uh, what am I at? Number four, speak with a kazoo in your mouth so we can hear some music while straining to make sense of your words. That's my favorite. <laughs> yes. Number five, have your girlfriend or 3XL record your part instead. I love 3XL. And in fact, I'll, I'll mention to you, uh, I put up my review of Arkham Knight on our YouTube channel that nobody has ever gone to. And I did <laughs> that it. we've I, never gone to. I, I know. I did it. I, I had a really crappy slideshow. And then... Copy and pasted uh, my review into the 3XL program that we have. So it's a uh, the 3XL robot doing the review. Uh, already, I think it has almost as many uh, views as the actual review <laughs> had uh, people read. So 3XL, he's the real star. Uh, yes, that was his last suggestion. But the podcast has the effect of Jim being the in-studio news reporter while you are the roving man on the street reporting on scene through a bullhorn during a windstorm, to a microphone held 50 feet away from your mouth and positioned down a long, tiled hallway. <laughs> I suppose it doesn't matter what equipment you use, since you'll still mouth, you'll be mouth-farting the same obnoxious swill either way. Keep it spewing. You've got a great future as an inaudible subway train conductor or the guy that mumbles announcement at U.S. sports arenas, or I'd like to say, I'll add Reggie, <laughs> the guy who does the announcements at the Comic-Con. Seriously. Love, Reggie. Now... I, I mentioned here is this third part. Dear Ryan, brightest daycare Clark, keep up the good fight. We will destroy this inane and terrible podcast from within. And you should check out Manifest Destiny from Image if you haven't already. Love, Reggie. No, no, nothing, nothing bad to, to freaking, you know, I want to hear this. Where do you record? Or what do you get off? Nothing like that. He's just nice to uh, Ryan. Well, Ryan doesn't come off nonsensical, I guess. I guess. Well, yeah, we'll hear later. Ryan's going to do two reviews uh, today, right. so he'll get he'll get his uh, his fill of Ryan. The next one's from Kendall K. You guys made me spit out my drink last week when you said that Power Girl was a cutter. <laughs> I didn't really notice it, and when I went back and looked, drink spit again. She really <laughs> needs some help. Seriously, I, I agree. She's crazy. Power Girl in that book is is crazy. Not 
not only a cutter, but she comes off like she's going to become bulimic soon. Yeah, yeah. And she was what? Uh, that was Action Comics, right? The uh, Convergence Action yes. Comics number one. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see what nonsense she does next. But then again, <laughs> she's got her powers back and her glowing skin, and she's not tired. So she's all ready to go. And the last one is from Twiddle DD. Do you guys see what I see? This whole Convergence event has been a setup for bullshit. Nothing this week gets resolved. And to think we have three more weeks makes me want to puke. <laughs> Tell us what you really think, Tweedle. That's Twiddle. Twiddle DD. Twiddle DD. That's the thing, though. There really is no payoff to these uh, second parters of these. No. I it agree. just ends, and with the exception of one I've read this week, which I haven't read The Atom yet, so maybe we'll get something there. Yeah. Um, th- there's nothing going on. Like I saying, it just ends so abruptly, and you have no idea what's going to go on unless it's going to be continued in the regular convergence where we get to find out the fate of each city. Mm-hmm. It's very odd to me at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, like I, I said it earlier, and we'll say it again later. Yeah, I think that how they resolved this first. And I was looking forward to this first week of the second month only because I wanted to see what was in store because basically what we saw uh, last month, pretty much what you got that first week, you got got the roadmap of what you were going to get. And what you get is a bunch of nonsense as convergence issues. Uh, Like I said, I seem to think in my mind, the one, the issues that I liked the first the number ones yeah. ended up being the ones I liked again uh, because I liked the stories. I liked the characters. So I just, I just went with that. Uh, so far, I have not had an issue where I either really liked the first part and then really hated the next part. So basically, I think that all in all, at the end, when I sit and think about it, I'm not going to think about, oh, this was a really good convergence tie-in issue. I'm just going to be thinking about, like, say, for instance, Nightwing Oracle. I'll just be thinking about how they kicked ass and got married. That's all, oh, yeah. that's all I really care about in the end. And so uh, I wouldn't say that this whole thing has been a huge failure. It's just been one of those things. It's, it's like a, a two, two months that I will probably not really care about within six months from now. I'll just be like, eh. It's like Future's End, that Future's End event. Really? I'm not sitting around thinking about the future Zen freaking Batman titles or anything like that. The only reason I even mention anything from that anymore is because that Booster Gold yeah. it ties in. But other than that, I'm, it's just what it is. They're hardly events. It's just, you know, two months that we're, till we get back to our books. But It's yeah. moving time. Yeah, well, that is our, um, that's our listener mail for the week. And if you want to write in and have us read your listener mail, and how, who was it at the beginning? Who said Carol, I think it was? Why, uh, why do we read awful people's, uh, you know, when people make fun of us? But we do. We'll read anything and write it into weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, right? Weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And you can do it all the way up to Saturday. The, uh, this Tweedledd. actually, I got this last night. Uh, while we normally would have been recording the podcast. Somehow Tweedle, he knew that we were going to, you know, record late, but I got that later. I guess he had read all the books and then sent in a late email, but we'll read anything. Huh, speaking of anything and everything, Dan's Geek News is coming up. It's a good transition, right? That's excellent. Um, two weeks ago, I said to Dan, we had decided that the way we we're going to cut down the podcast a little in time was we were doing our bit of news, and then Dan was repeating. Uh, you know, most of the big news, it's pretty easy to, to figure out what the big news of the week is. So we would talk about stuff, and then Dan would. So I, I said to you, why don't we just let Dan do all the news? We don't need to Damn talk right. about the news. So I, I mentioned this two weeks ago. After that, two weeks ago, that podcast said, send him a, uh, a message. Hey, Dan, 
We want you to just do the news. We're not going to do the news anymore. You are the Weird Science DC Comics podcast news guy. All the news is yours. You do every bit of news. You can talk about whatever you want in geek news. Every bit. You know where I'm going here. I do. Every bit of news you can find you do. And then last week is first debut news, three minutes long. <laughs> How is that? How is that? And and involves singing. <laughs> Listen, Dan, if you're listening, I like your news. You're singing, you know, Julian hey, Andrews uh, has a lot on you. He was he singing, was singing a little rendition. I, I of, was singing Darkwing Duck theme. Yeah. There was a lot of singing last episode. There was a lot of singing. Um, I was singing the blues, listening to both of your awful freaking singing voices. And remember, I sound like uh, Dean Martin, Reggie said. Oh, yeah, you're the songbird hey, of your generation. Boom, 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 boom. I love that. But, yeah, so this week, though, Dan is coming through. He got a hold of me last night, said, listen. I did the news. It's 19 minutes long. I'm afraid it's too long. You're going to have to edit it. And I said, no, no, we won't edit it, Dan. You're the news guy. That's you. You're the news. So he goes, all right, I'm going to send it off to you. I still have not gotten it. This is, a, <laughs> this is almost 15 hours, 17 hours later. I don't even know what it is. I haven't gotten Dan's news. Uh, the news is so long this week that it's still trying to upload it. Well, no, he didn't upload it. He actually loaded it on the Pony Express. It's heading my way, and the guy's not going to slow down. I have to run out. He's going to throw the, uh, I don't know what it would be, the digital pack out of his satchel. I'm going to grab it and put it on. But he said it's 19 minutes. I'm going to keep it as it is. So, everybody, you're going to get Dan's news full out, 19 minutes. Enjoy. I'm sure it'll be great. Here you go. Dan's Geek News. Boosh. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. This week, David Ayer's Suicide Squad is in the news yet again, much to my chagrin. Uh, so basically, what happened now was a couple of weeks ago, uh, David Ayer released that promotional photo of the Joker, covered in tattoos, green hair, white skin, the whole nine yards, uh, as a tribute to the Joker in honor of uh, the 75th anniversary of the character. And I went fucking nuts about it. I flipped. I was pissed. I was seething. I, I, I was foaming at the mouth while I was recording that segment. That's a little known fact not a lot of people realize. I was literally foaming at the mouth from making an attempt to deal with what they had done to the character of the Joker uh, over the course of one photo. I, I didn't think they could ruin a character so fucking bad if they tried, but apparently they did. So anyway, David Ayer decided that we've suffered enough, and he decided to give us another little taste of what's coming in Suicide Squad. So he gave us a photo of every other villain in the film. Uh, I'm talking about everybody. Deadshot's there, played by Will Smith. Uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is there, which is the most interesting part of the photo. Killer Croc is there. Uh, and then there's a whole plethora of other characters. Katana's in there. I'm sorry, not Katana. Um, yeah, Katana. Can can? Yeah, I think her name is Katana. She's the uh, Japanese samurai chick who was in um, Justice League. Uh, Justice League, not United. Maybe it was Justice League United. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm getting off track now. But you know, all the characters are there. Uh, Will Smith's Deadshot looks pretty good. I've seen photos of him with and without the mask. Pretty excited for that. Killer Croc looks pretty awesome, uh, although he's much shorter than I expected. Uh, but Harley Quinn was the real focus of the photo, because there's been a lot of Harley Quinn stuff leaking out uh, in recent times. There was the photo where we got to see what she looks like for the first time, and of course they didn't go with the traditional Jester outfit like we've seen in the animated universe. She went with a more... Uh, her character is dressed more like the New 52 Harley Quinn, which is a little bit more 
uh, sexy, a little bit more uh, blue and red, some dark blacks in there. Uh, and I I'm just going to go on the record and say, call me a creep if you want. She looks fucking sexy. Uh, and then they've released more photos of her. Uh, she's got the jacket, says property of the Joker. She's got the pudding necklace. Uh, her zipper on her jacket is a J, so it looks like her character is very much into the Joker. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Depending on how they portray the Joker, this could be really good or really bad. I hope they don't choose to just use this character as an extension of the Joker as opposed to using it as uh, a genuine character who has a strong fan base. This is the first time we're getting Harley Quinn in a film, and I would hate to see them fuck it up just because they want to push Jared Leto as the Joker. Now, historically, let's be honest. We've hated Batman, we've hated the Joker. Every time they announce a new actor to play one of these roles, we say that this actor is going to fuck it up, and then the actor hits it out of the park. People didn't want Heath Ledger to play the Joker when he was first announced, but he did fucking awesome at it. The Dark Knight was a fucking awesome movie. People didn't want Michael Keaton to play Batman. They said, oh, he's too funny. He laughed all the way to the bank with that one because he was pretty fucking good, too. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this movie a chance. I'm going to give Suicide Squad a chance. Uh, I'm, I'm just hoping they don't fuck up the Joker, really, and I'm hoping they don't fuck up Harley Quinn too much. Apple is also in the news. I am a big Apple fan. Uh, well, I, I mean, I am a fan of New York City, you know, the big Apple, but I'm also a fan of Apple, the uh, company that makes iPads and iPhones and MacBooks, like the one that I'm recording this on right now. Uh, but basically, they're in the news because they are moving forward with relaunching the Beats Audio service as their own streaming music service. And it's been interesting seeing them in the news. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know, Apple has um, an ethical commission appointee and uh, a Department of Justice uh, appointee who hang out in Cupertino and basically watch their every move because Steve Jobs tried to fix, fix the price of some ebooks to uh, give Apple an advantage. So basically now there's this whole antitrust movement against Apple because apparently Apple was conspiring uh, yeah, I, I use a Kindle, so it doesn't really affect me. But uh, it affects the music industry because Apple has reached out to Spotify and asked them to eliminate their free tier. For those of you who don't know, you can download the Spotify application to your computer and you can listen without any sort of a subscription free, free, without any sort of a subscription fee uh, for free on your computer. The, the premium subscription comes in when you want to start, uh, you know, listening on your mobile device like I do, or uh, listening without ads. And I think there's a uh, an amount of time you can listen to it free, and then you have to pay for a subscription if you want to keep listening for that month, but I'm not entirely sure. It's been a while since I've used the free tier. Uh, but anyway, Apple has asked them to cut that out. That way, the people who want to get a subscription service will either be able to get Spotify's offering or the Beats offering. Now, normally this wouldn't be an issue, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that Spotify has an issue with Apple to begin with, and that is Apple takes a 30% cut of whatever sold in the App Store, including in-app purchases. So if you decided to purchase a subscription to Spotify Premium through the Spotify app on iOS, Spotify has to give 30% of the cut to Apple. So Spotify actually charges $13 a month for the subscription if you sign up through your iOS device. So your best bet, if you want it on your iPhone, is to sign up through your computer and then log into your account. That way you pay the $9.99 a month. I pay $10.70 a month because now they do sales tax in New Jersey. Damn it. That also pisses me off very much. Um, 
But aside, but basically, because of that 30% fee that Apple charges, Spotify has now reached out to the Ethical Commission or the Ethical Committee and the Department of Justice, and they filed another complaint against Apple. So Apple may be getting involved in another antitrust situation soon, all because they want to clear out the competition before they launch their shitty music service. You gotta understand, I'm an Apple fan, but I don't feel we need an Apple music subscription service. Uh, I feel like Spotify does just fine, and I think that Apple should respect that more or less. But we'll see what happens in the coming months. They are working on that music app. They're redesigning the music app. That should all be in iOS 8.4, which should be coming out sometime soon. So we'll see what happens. J.J. Abrams was interviewed several times uh, this week in honor of Star Wars Day, where he was asked about what he'd like to do in Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, and he's decided that he wants to involve the prequel trilogy in Episode 7. Uh, he said, and this was more or less something that was a half joke, half it might happen, and that is that he would like to insert Jar Jar Binks' skull into one of the desert scenes in the film, implying that Jar Jar Binks went into the desert, got lost, starved to death, and died. So prequel fans who hated Jar Jar can rejoice for that fact, and those of us who have continuity issues can get pissed off of that. You see, uh, Jar Jar was in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, for those of you who don't remember or have blocked it out due to childhood trauma. Uh, he was not exactly the epitome of the Star Wars saga. He was the, uh, I, I can't even really think of a character to compare him to because basically a character who you don't like is now compared to Jar Jar. I think Jar Jar was like the original, uh, torture device put into a movie just to fuck it up and make it more child friendly. Uh, but basically he wants to kill him off. My issue is that he was in The Phantom Menace. Uh, that takes place, I believe, 32 BBY, which is before the Battle of Yavin. Yavin, 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 however you say it. Sue me. Uh, and then he was seen in episode two, which is ten years later, and then he was seen in episode three, which is like another three years later. So then you get the 19-year gap from episode three to episode four, and then you have to go through the timeline of that film, which I think is like another eight years or so. Now, this film's going to take place 60 years after Return of the Jedi, so... I find it hard to believe that Jar Jar would have wandered into the desert and died. I'd like to think he died sometime immediately after Return of the Jedi when he was on top of a building screaming, WE SUFF FREE! Because we all know that was Jar Jar. We don't want to admit it was Jar Jar, but we all know that it was Jar Jar. Fans of the classic Nick TV series Nick Arcade will be happy to know that James Brethia and Karen Metaif, Metaif, I know I'm butchering these names, have reteamed with Phil Moore to pitch a show called Nth Level, that's E-N-T-H-L-E-V-E-L, -E -E currently up on Kickstarter. Um, this show could take about three rounds to fund, uh, but these guys are going to go in and try and fund it for the three rounds. The first round, if you go in and fund that Kickstarter campaign, that's going to fund the technology for the show. It's basically going to be a way to bring back the style of Nick Arcade, although it's going to eliminate green screen technology. It's actually going to utilize virtual reality which I think is going to be awesome, so I'm really hoping this one gets funded. And if you have uh, your own virtual reality device, like an Oculus Rift, you'll actually be able to stream and see what the player on the screen is seeing on their virtual reality device. So that could be really cool. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what happens with that. Uh, if you want to fund that one, you can go to kickstarter.com and search Nth Level. That's E-N-T-H-L-E-V-E-L. -E -E that's currently up on Kickstarter, and be sure to keep an eye out for the other two rounds of that. A few months ago, Nintendo announced that they had signed a deal with DNA, who would be making smartphone and tablet games for them. Well, now Nintendo can add theme parks to the list. 
Uh, Nintendo has signed a deal with Universal to allow the company to create attractions at Universal Studios based on Nintendo properties. Uh, they haven't announced any details about this yet, but it is out there now. It is a possibility. And actually, at a business meeting, Nintendo announced that over the next two years, they're going to be releasing five mobile games. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. That kind of sounds small. But Nintendo's saying that they want to do quality over quantity. So if they do five games, they'll be able to give each game the focus and attention it needs. I'm just holding my breath for a Mario and Donkey Kong endless runner. Machinima has announced an entire line of new content that they're going to be releasing, including a web series called The Hero Project, which will see DC Entertainment's COO Jeff Johns helping judge a reality competition where eight contestants try to create a live-action short film based on Starman, which is a DC Comics property. Hashtag for Hero, which is an adaptation of the series Dial H for Hero, which pretty much tells the story of a superhero who gets superpowers from a special smartphone based on what's trending on social media. Clive Barker's Creepypasta, where Clive Barker's going to retell modern-day uh, viral horror film uh, horror stories through short films. RoboCops, which is a web series that's going to be a sequel to the 1987 film, following RoboCop officers in Delta City as they respond to calls for help. Uh, Happy Wheels, uh, from the digital division of Bunna Murray Productions, who did <laughs> Keeping Up with the Kardashians and the Real World. Uh, this is going to be an animated series following... Uh, uh, it's going to chronicle the tales of characters that are trying to go to their brutal, impending, looming deaths. Uh, that doesn't sound very happy for kids, but I guess you can show that to kids these days. I mean, kids have seen worse, so they've all played Grand Theft Auto V, haven't they? And of course, High School 51, which is going to be done by Robert Orsi, who wrote Transformers, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Star Trek. Uh, and it's going to be a series that he does that follows a 16-year-old named Alex Valencia, who's the only human attending Dream Lake High School, which is located in Area 51. Uh, this sounds like a very interesting lineup, uh, and it's going to be fun to see what happens with these. Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy said that a new Indiana Jones movie will, quote, one day be made inside this company. When it will happen, I'm not quite sure. We haven't started working on a script yet, but we are talking about it, end quote. Uh, I've seen a lot of talk online about people saying that if they do a new Indiana Jones film, they need to get Chris Pratt to play the role. I could get behind that because God knows Harrison Ford is just a tad too old to pull off Indiana Jones again. After four episodes of the new season of Game of Thrones leaked online, HBO has taken a new step to combat piracy. The company is no longer going to be sending out review discs for episodes of their series. They'll now be setting up secure streams for reviewers to watch the episodes before they hit air. Uh, this is more or less a first for HBO. They traced all four leaked episodes back to review copies that they sent out. And you know, I've read many statements from the president of HBO who said that this has never been an issue before. So now they're going to make an attempt to fix things. Now, on Friday, th this is a sad one. Everybody knows here at Weird Science, we love Constantine. NBC has announced that they are canceling the show. A moment of silence, please. Once the news broke... Constantine and Save Constantine both started trending on Twitter. 
DC Comics is looking for a new home for the series. Unfortunately, NBC will not be it. Uh, but there is some support. Stephen Amell, Joseph Morgan, and William Shatner have all tweeted saying that if DC Comics can find a new network to put the show on, and if the show can somehow be revived, all three of them are willing to guest star on the show. Uh, so personally, I hope that they do manage to find a home for it. I feel NBC made a poor decision in choosing to cancel uh, this particular show. This was the only comic book show that got canceled this season. Uh, and that's very sad because the show was well done. It had a rough start, but that show was phenomenal. Finally, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about before I pull out for the week is Avengers. We need to talk about Age of Ultron, guys. I finally saw it. Here's my thoughts. Age of Ultron was awesome for what it is, and that is a Marvel film set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, bringing the Avengers in, having them fight an evil force, and helping set up for Phase 4, Phase 3, whichever phase we're heading into. A lot of people complained that Ultron in this particular film isn't the same Ultron that's in the comics. I expect changes to be made when Marvel is adapting something for the big screen. Uh, that's kind of important to me that it fits into the universe, because I don't want to see something ripped right out of the comic book if it's not going to work in the cinematic universe. That being said, this film was a phenomenal setup for what's coming. Uh, for those of you who missed the announcement Marvel announced their upcoming films, uh, Civil War is coming, which is supposedly going to feature the debut of Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, since Marvel and Fox were finally... I'm sorry, Marvel and Sony were finally able to come to an agreement about the character. Marvel and Fox hate each other. Um, if the Fantastic Four debacle didn't tell you anything, they canceled the series because they didn't want to promote the film. That, that's how bad Marvel hates Fox right about now. Uh, but anyway, looking past that, Age of Ultron, it was good. It was well done. Uh, the performances were good. James Spader was good. Paul Bettany was good. Bettany, Batani, however you say. He was good. Uh, it was funny. There were definitely laughing moments. It has that feeling that you get from a Marvel film, from an Avengers film. I laughed. I cried. I enjoyed myself. It was fantastic. It was good. I, I definitely recommend going to see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, and if you have any intention of watching the upcoming films that are coming on after this, please check this film out because this is a great film to help set up for what's coming. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go for the week. I'll see you guys next week with more geek news. As always, if you want to check out my Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter.com slash Dan Stransky. Uh, you can check out my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. And if you get a chance to go on my Twitter, make sure you uh, look at the links for my YouTube videos. Uh, lately, I have been doing a lot of retro gaming videos because I enjoy retro games. And I know that Jim used to be a gamer as well, but I enjoy retro games. So I've started a new series up where I fail at retro video games. So far, I've played a few. I've played Tetris. Uh, I've played Alien for the Atari 2600. I've played Mega Mania for the Atari 2600. I'm getting ready to do a full playthrough of uh, The Simpsons, the arcade game. It will not be a deathless run. There will be much death to be had. And you can find you know that on my YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Daniel Stransky's World. That's YouTube.com slash D-A-N-I-E-L. S-T-R-A-N-S-K-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D. You can also see me fail at Star Wars The Arcade Game over there, which, you know, that's 
pretty awesome in my book. And of course, as always, you can find my Weird Science reviews where I review digital DC books as well as Vertigo titles on the main Weird Science site. Now let's take it back to Jim and Eric. Break it down. You think we rule the world and it's kind of scary, but our influence has gone extraplanetary. We build satellites and make all your sallies work, while you're the douche on Earth acting like a jerk. Among us... So we're there, and freaking Jason and Damien had just seen Age of Ultron the day before the uh, Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And they were so, like, Marvel crazy now since they just watched that movie. We're going throughout all they care about is Marvel. They are not DC fans at all, and they're like... I'm trying to find cool stuff like different prints of DC. Hey, why don't you get this? I want an Avengers one. I'm like, you sons of bitches. Why don't you ever support anything I do? And you know what, Eric? We're back. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> Everybody gets to eavesdrop in your misery of a life. <laughs> nobody I had a good time. Nobody supports about? you. Ah, uh, yes. You love that Avengers. And I believe that Dan just talked about his thoughts on the Avengers. So everybody loves this Avengers crap. It's amazing. <sighs> Yes, it is. I, I have refused to go see it. Why? Because I'm cheap. I yeah, okay. It's, I can't. It's not the, it would be $100 for me to take my family to go see that movie. We did that not, when no, Man of Steel the, came out, and I was disappointed. It's I, not that you refuse. It's just that you're cheap. It's like everybody walking into that movie must have a rickshaw, a big bow tie, smoking a cigar. They're Rockefellers, I tell you. Got, you you got to get away from this rickshaw thing. <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing it up every <laughs> podcast. All right, this part of the podcast is called Books, Eric. You know why? Because we talk about the books? Because we talk about the books, and we're going to talk about every book but one. You're not going yes. to talk about the Adam. No. Yeah. Well, and again, we, we're talking all this stuff. You had a pretty bad week. It was uh, terrible. Especially going with reviews. If anybody follows the site, you know, really big they're like in like oh man on wednesday i can't i can't wait to see what eric shea says about convergence and what eric <laughs> shea says about this these people went away disappointed on wednesday because you did not have a review up on wednesday first time ever first time ever i could not get my computer to boot up at all nope. and i was so frustrated yep. and i just kept waiting i thought you were dead then i had to strap on the uh the work boots tighten the belt loop up a bit and I didn't piss on hospitality, Eric. I was you know say, what I did? <laughs> I reviewed never piss three, on no, I reviewed three books, and yeah. that, that's a rarity for me on Wednesday. I get tired and go to bed, but because you did not step up to the plate, I had to do something. I put us all on my back, my big back, and I carried us through that Wednesday. <laughs> <sighs> and Thank then, as I said, that. I said to you, hey, people will be waiting to hear from that convergence. They want to hear what you have to say. They didn't really wait for you. No. When no. you put up your it, – it's actually done better now. It's gotten a lot more views, but at first it was really, it was really <laughs> shady. I'm like, people have ditched Eric forever. He is done. That's, it's a fickle business, this comic book reviewing. And yeah, you know, they don't I, have it up right away. They don't care. Yeah, plus I say business as if we actually get any sort of compensation for it, which we don't. No, ah, no, no. well, we're going to start off with that book that most people thought you were going to have out on Wednesday. I can't afford a mic, Reggie. Stop That's yelling right. at me. He, he doesn't, Reggie. You're yelling about a mic. The guy needs a computer that you don't have to crank up and feed the gerbils beforehand. Holy moly. Get going. We're going to talk about Convergence, the main Convergence title. Convergence number five, written by Jeff King, with art by Andy Kubert, Sandra Hope, and Brad Anderson. Is that the one you're talking about? That is exactly the one I'm talking about. Well, things and stuff happen here, but mostly it's Brainiac being con uh, contacted for no reason and us having a bunch of warlord scenes for no reason since he just gets killed as soon as he confronts Deimos. 
The entire issue feels like it's just here to establish that Deimos is the new big bad and that the Earth 2 wonders need backup. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. That's I'm it. telling you, you wanted to pull these big snot. I said, fuck it this week. I'm like, I stumble over myself enough with those. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Well, yeah. Um, and I really can with this book because nothing happens. Well, nothing happens and then a couple things do happen that drive me insane. Um, but one thing I want to ask you. Did it strike you as a little, not odd, but did it remind you of something how people die? How does Deimos kill people in this issue? He turns them to dust. And not only that, he also ripped the guy's heart out. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. I was just thinking of the Warlord bit. But yeah, no. totally rips a freaking uh, a Skatarin guard's heart so, out all fatality style. So he, go, he goes... Temple, he goes Temple of Doom. And then, when he kills Warlord, it's very similar to what happens in uh, uh, Last Crusade. He chose poorly. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, I think that Jeff King was watching the Indiana Jones movies while he was doing this, uh, because there are a lot, there's Indiana Jones deaths in this. I was waiting for somebody to pick something up, get a burn in his hand, and then have his face melt. No, man, I was just waiting for there to be snakes. Why'd there have to be that, snakes? That snakes could have been, or maybe somebody could have backed up into a plane. <laughs> uh, that propeller. Uh, freaking, uh, Dick Grayson's yelling for shock! Shock, yes, start yes. the engines! Uh, you know what's funny about this issue is that I write down in my notes what I liked and what I didn't like. Right. That little Indiana Jones bit I just did, that's the only thing I liked. <laughs> I had a lot of issues with this. Now, I talked to you. I read this issue first. I read yes. it the one day uh, on Wednesday during the day, and I was talking to you about it. Um, and I said to you, I hate when there's anything in movies, comics, books, mostly m- movies and comics, though, is when they say some big reveal, like, I know what your name is, and then it never happens. And then you read it and said, nah, they didn't really do it. I read it again today, and they it's pretty much four times this name comes up, and they never tell you. And what I'm talking about is that Deimos says he knows Telos's name. His yeah, true a, name, his true yeah. being. Well, as it turns out, Telos is not a mad planet after all, but he was once a man. Mm-hmm. And when Brainiac came to his planet, he offered us, the freaking Telos, the opportunity to serve him eternally. And in return, he'll get his people away from this planet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and I know your true name. And then Telos is all upset. And then he has says, a crying fit. And then the next page, my name's Telos. And Telos, <laughs> no, it is not. And then later, De- Demos says, one, you'll, once he'll remember who he really is, they don't say it again, and then Telos yells, my name, <laughs> in another page. Yet they never tell you. I don't know. It didn't you know get on my because, nerves as much well, as you. Because then Warlord comes in to bust up the party. A whole waste. It's just ridiculous. And now the other thing, Deimos has, has uh, tapped into all these um, time travelers. Yeah. So he, he can the... see the future, the present. It comes off as so hokey to me that everybody runs into it. He's like, oh, I see. And the, the best is, uh, was it Warlord? When Warlord shows up, he's like, I see what just happened to you five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that your queen Terra had died. <laughs> Terra died. Terra died, died like forty-five seconds earlier. He's like, <laughs> I see the past. He's like, that was forty-five seconds ago. I was right over there. You saw me. Oh, it was so much. It really Good came job, off. As, yeah, it came off as hokey to me. This whole thing, and then he, because then he yells to, uh, he yells to uh, Brainiac. I can't see your past or your future, but I see your present. Uh, Turns yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, the yeah. monitor off, you know. I'm saying this whole thing where he brings Brainiac to the attention. I have no idea why, because it, nothing was happened with it. Nothing yeah. was resolved. Yeah. It's just that hey, Brainiac's here. Guess what? This guy he made you what you are. All right, mm-hmm. turn off the video. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, basically, the the main thing. Well, there's a couple couple things. Uh, Yolanda ends up with with Deimos. That's not really a main uh, thing to me. It's, it's just, not. I yeah. I think it's gonna obviously yeah. it's gonna end up being something bigger than uh, what it comes off here. I'm trying to grab the the issue too. I'll and say the, the two big points is that Telos wasn't always a mad planet. No, the second the one we get a uh, Deimos is our new big bad, and he sends out another speech across the planet to all the cities, saying, yes. "You no longer need to fight, just as long as you worship well, me as your new god." Yep. And now I'm going to bring something up to you, and I want to see if you agree. I'm going to talk to you about this, but that you get the little bit of the earthquake. Yeah. Uh, you realize that this obviously happens maybe alongside of all the tie-ins and then carries over after the tie-ins. Yes. Because don't you think these tie-ins would have been better served to have this Deimos speech at the end of each tie-in? Yeah. It would have been the perfect ending because you're still having them duke it out. They still think everything's up for grabs. All of a sudden you get this, and I'll read it. I have it right here. Citizens of Telos, there is no need to fight. Uh, you all have a place in my new reality as long as you pledge your lives to me. And that's that's it, Deimos, and it's his, he's over the city. And so if all of these times, these number two issues, would have ended with this, you could have had all these things because there are t- points. Most of these people have been told that if they don't fight and there isn't a victor, everybody dies. Yeah. But yet everybody in these number twos are so content to just say, hey, let's not fight. They're pretty much in their mind, they're, they're signing their death warrants. And well, they're heroes, worse. man. They're going to fight they're, another they way. They are heroes. But at this point, they, how, like I'm saying, me and you are fighting it out. I'm Superman. You're Flashpoint Batman. Somehow me and you are beating each other up. Okay. We, de- we decide not to fight. In, our, in my mind, reading those first issues and the first conversion and the speech, the minute that we say that we're not fighting. Like I say to you, let's not fight. Let's be friends. We shake our hands dead. There is no figuring things out. I would not know that there was a little extra time or anything to figure anything out. I, I would like to. You would try to find a way, like I give you a little wink and a nudge and maybe a reach around like Reggie said at the comic book shop <laughs> and that we can figure out something while we pretend to fight. But in my mind, the minute that you stop fighting, you should you, you die. Your city disappears it turns to sand like El fucking Inferno. Um, Injustice. Yeah, yeah, yeah hope- like that. That's what you're supposed to have happen. And to have these issues end, not with this speech, because they get lucky. Yeah. They, they are going to die. They aren't because Deimos takes over. But man, and, and again, too, you see, there's uh, when they have this tello speech, you see, uh, you see Alan Scott. Or no, no, it's, uh, it's Hal. Parallax Hal. Yeah. You see uh, Superboy. Either, yeah, you see Flash. You see these guys. And, yeah, Superboy. You see Lois and, um, Superman. Lois and Clark with the little boy. And um, you get the idea that this would have been a great way for these issues to have ended. Then it ends with not a, oh, Jesus Christ, we got a, we got a non-ending to a, oh, my God, they changed it up. And <laughs> I think it would have been a really good idea, and yet they don't. They end with this earthquake that is barely mentioned in half the books like oh what was that tremor uh, it gets even hokey there was that didn't feel like an earthquake that felt like a time shift well it's not even that it's like even in just like like when i read convergence first and we had this earthquake which mm-hmm. i like first i don't know if it was just me because i thought it was localized air or whatever from what yeah, something yeah. they did during the fight mm-hmm. um when I read Justice League next, there's a small earthquake kind of thing where some rubble comes down over Aquaman. Mm-hmm. 
And I had no idea what the fuck that yeah, was. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And, and some of them, they make a big deal. Some of them, they don't. Some of them are like, oh, that was a little tremor. Ooh, like uh, Nightwing Oracle, they kind of mentioned. And then after the earthquake. We, yeah. And, and it just, it's weird. I really think that these tie-ins should have ended with this demo speech where they're like, there could, there, then there could have been two, whatever book, they could be beating the living crap out of each other. And then this comes up and they just look at each other and like, what? You know what I mean? That instead, these things have to end in such And then the handshake ways. comes. Yeah, well, I'm saying, in, in some of these, um, like uh, the ones I did, Speed Force, um, they just kind of leave. Yeah. Wonder Woman's like, I'll get you next time. <laughs> and leaves, and then uh, uh, Wally's like, I, said, I, I think we won't see them again. <laughs> it, it's so weird. And I, I think it was a really odd way to end all these issues when you had this setup. This week and Convergence, where I read Convergence first, and I'm like, oh, this is how it's going to end. And again, maybe I would have been pissed then. Yeah. But I'm like, this is how it's going to end. They're going to be in the middle of fighting. And then, no, they, they end with an earthquake and, and shit happening. But um, the other thing that I thought was really shitty, this one was uh, when Dick found the Batarang. Yeah. And he's like, picks it up. And it's a crazy ass Batarang. I too. found this Batarang somewhere. It must be a symbol. Ay, ay, ay. And it's weird to me because I haven't put this in my review where. In the last issue, we really saw this prominent metal shell around Dick. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you saw little, like, specks going up over his neck for, like, how, like, it's liquid metal. Mm -hmm. Here it just looks like a regular suit. Like, maybe the suit that uh, pre-Flashpoint Batman gave them, like, you know, the wear. I don't really see this coming off as a suit that's going to allow him to, like, not have a shattered spine and make him be a superhero. Maybe that. And how does he piss? I really want to know how the fuck he goes to the bathroom. Is that crazy to fucking want to know? Yeah, it is. Well, well these you, are important things to me. That's why you and him could never go on the train towards <laughs> a Comic-Con, because he can't piss. It's like what I said <laughs> about being a cosplay Robocop. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe there's, you're supposed to think that that crazy stuff was almost like adamantium and went inside his body and fused. I don't know. Didn't happen it, last issue. I'm saying that the weird stuff that goes week to week with this event is, is off. It really is. And um, I, was, I was a little thrown off with the Flash, too, because the majority of this fight, I mean, this issue is a fight between the Wonders and Deimos. Mm-hmm. And we have Balzad fighting uh, Deimos this whole time, and then Flash, try, the Jay Garrick Flash tries to come in. He's like, I'm going to try to use the Speed Force to freak it. I'm like, wait a minute. You shouldn't know what the Speed Force is. You were given your powers by the god Mercury. Yeah. This is a ma- I, You might be connected to the Speed Force, but your power set is magical based. Yeah. You should not know what the Speed Force is. Oh, he knows now. And this is some he, fanboy nitpickery. He knows. Well, there, there's, yeah, I, there's a bunch of things. There's times where they're telling uh, people, you know, saying certain people that they wouldn't know. It's just, th- this whole this whole issue just seemed off. Um, the other thing that was odd, now I mentioned to you, and I, I kind of researched a little, was at that point where they mentioned you to Telos. You were you were changed into this during the blood moon. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, the blood moon. <laughs> and I'm like, I heard that before. Where yeah. did I hear that? So I looked it up, and it was definitely mentioned back in Future's End that there yeah. was this blood moon. And Which then you I said looked, to me. I forgot all about it. Yeah, and then some people, when I looked into it, a lot of people were saying that this event was originally going to be called blood moon. Yes. So you know what I did? I, got a, I got a hold of Dan DeDio. Uh-huh. Were you aware of this? Did you see that? I, I saw something pop up from him. Yeah, I, didn't yeah, I, I, I talked to him because I was very confused. Because I'm telling you, in Future's End number 16, Brainiac um, 
yells that it, you're, there's going to be a blood moon. And then it kind of seemed like people were saying, okay, there's going to be this red sky and this blood moon. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Len Wein had that in Swamp Thing in Detective Comics. Yeah. Where Reggie had told me that that's just the thing. Whenever there's a crisis, there's a red sky. Now I'm thinking maybe that's not fully it. Maybe this blood moon, that's what is going to be. And I thought, okay, the blood moon was going to be the moment. That's the name that um, Brainiac used to when he scooped up the cities. He yeah. would come in, boom. So I mentioned that I sent a note to Dan DiDio. Never expected a return uh, reply. But I got a little funny. I told him I don't want to sound like a nerd who's at the comic book convention uh, <laughs> dressed up as Spock yelling about uh, episode 16 and why this and that. So I made it a little funny. But he uh, told me what Blood Moon. He said, Blood Moon was the code name for the project and the name of Brainiac's ship when he does grab the cities. So that's the Blood Moon is that. The original name of this event was actually going to be called End of Days. All right. Uh, when it was tied even closer to the two weekly series, Future's End and World's End. Uh, then he ended with Live Long and Prosper. <laughs> Little does he know. I, I'm not a Star Trek fan in the least, but I, I made that joke. That's good. Uh, but, I like that. Yeah, so in in the meantime, the the Blood Moon that he's talking about, it, again, they make it seem bigger in this book. Basically, Blood Moon was just when uh, Brainiac was going to come down and scoop up the cities that were in trouble. Now, I wonder, I'm hoping that we find out who Telos is, obviously. But yeah. also, what did Brainiac do? Brainiac said that if you become my man, if you become my, my dog, um, I will make sure that your uh, family and your planet and all that are safe. Where does he send that planet to? Because the, these are supposed no, to be no, doing I, timelines. No, I'm saying, though, that one, I think, is uh, that is the actual planet. For some reason, this is a planet that exists outside of space and time where mm -hmm. Telos is originally from, and he sent these people to another World. Yeah, I just wonder where. I'm wondering what happened oh, yeah, to I, these no. other people. I don't think they lived. They lived long and prospered. Yeah, yeah, but he became um, he became Telos, lost all his memory, and then you know Brainiac's yelling, ah, oh, you get this, and again you have Telo or uh, Deimos fighting Valzad. Yeah, it just there's a lot of stuff going it's on that doesn't issue. result it doesn't result in anything, and it, it makes sense. It's number five. Uh, issue in nine total issues so we are right in the middle I, I really we say it every week i hope it picks up a little better i'm really at this point i've been optimistic this entire time i'm kind of giving up on trying to be optimistic you know it is what it is i'll go with it but i don't expect it to get better at this point because i'm already five issues in and the only issue i really enjoyed uh was the zero issue which was written after the fact just to tie yeah. some shit in yeah i did like that one too um but that's that. The next issue that we're going to talk about is one of my favorites of the week. Convergence Nightwing Oracle Number 2, written by Gail Simone with art by Jan Dersima, Dan Parsons, and Wes Zioba. Wes Zioba. Zioba. And what I say about this is Gail Simone finishes her love letter to Nightwing and Oracle fans, and I can't see anyone walking away disappointed unless they were expecting an ending that this whole, about this whole Convergence thing. The issue starts as a showcase for Dick Grayson's acrobatic ass-kicking. Showcases then goes to Black Canary's awesome pipes and then turns into one hell of a showcase for Barbara Gordon's Oracle superhero ability. Everyone who recently badmouthed Oracle should be made to read this issue and take notes on how to do it. Oh, you mean yeah. Cam Stewart? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also an earthquake and a wedding. That was my deal. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher and even Babstar, I think they should read this and realize that just because... Um, Barbara Gordon was a victim of Jokers before. That doesn't mean it's all over for. I don't think we should throw Bad Star into that. No, she joined in. 
She is. She has a job. She was working on Batgirl with so her style. They. She's happy. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. She did win a. What did she win? Some crazy award, the Eisner Award. They, I think they passed those out in the Cracker Jack box. I have like nowadays. four. I think no. you have four Eisners. It's like when you somebody throws the Eisner out the window and oh man, oh it's an Eisner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I really, I really like this issue. I like the fight between uh, Dick Grayson and Hawkwoman. I thought that that was awesome. I like the I like the dialogue between both of them. I think that Gail Simone nails both their dialogues great. You got like the regal, you know, pompous talk of um, Hawkwoman, but then uh, Dick's talk is just the Sh- shuts it's, her down. It's yeah, awesome. it's so awesome. It's so good. I love um, this book as well, man. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, I love the dual nar- narration because we have yeah. half the book is through the eyes, like the mind of Barbara Gordon, and then it switches to Dick Grayson and back and forth. Yeah, and it really works well. And is there any point in this book that you think, oh, that that that's off? That's not character. Not that's a not, single, not no. a single bit. It's so good, and I'm telling you, if anybody like a um, a Blanche, uh Mike Blanchard, who hates everything DC and everything, he loves Nightwing. I think you should read these two issues because this is Nightwing. This is Nightwing again. For anybody who wishes Nightwing was still around. You can read this book. He's around for two issues because, man, he's good. He's snarky. He's cool. Uh, then I, I liked it, too, because Dick is fighting Hawkwoman. Again, when you think of it, he's fighting a woman, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah, got her he, sometimes. He, he's beating the crap out of her. And then Hawkman gets involved. Like, out of nowhere, he gets involved. Now, t- the tables kind of turn a bit. And, oh, it's bad. Yeah, Dick's getting beat up. But then Barbara has, has come up with a backup plan with Black Canary. And they have rigged the um, Azorbiscons yeah. Yeah, to broadcast Canary's scream. goes up. Now, I have a question for you. Uh, why isn't it hurting anybody else? Now, I know that Dick may have known, but he kind of says later that he wasn't sure of this plan. Oh, no. This is just because they are patched into an uh, earpiece in their helmets to so the Azorbiscons. if that's the case, then why is all of the glass in um, Gotham shattering? Oh, that's just because of the high-pitched scream. Yeah, that would hurt people. No, I'm saying that this is like a direct like uh, play right into their ears, though. I th- I think that that was a little off because I mean you're you're miles away. It looks right from any absorbus gods, and it's still shattering glass. It has to be pretty pretty bad. I thought it was and pretty it, localized. I yeah, thought right well, from the west town. No, it's all over the place. It looks like every place in Gotham is glass is shattering. Now I might be wrong. Maybe I just thought that, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's pretty intense." But you, know, I'm looking at it now. It looks like every yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's just in the tower. Yeah, and uh, right outside thought, the tower. Yeah, probably. I thought it was everywhere. Else. I'm like everybody's dying. They're all <laughs> in Gotham with their ears bleeding. But maybe yeah, maybe I was off then. Um, but yeah, it was great. And then and Dick takes advantage of of them being Ooh. down and kicks the ship. But then then the okay. Now I'm wrong with the scream. But why would Barbara go into a helicopter? She's fighting winged villains. That's one she, problem she, I did have with this. Why she would show up in a helicopter? She's, she's crippled. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's like, not helpless. But no, she's not really... no, she's not helpless at all. But for the most part, she's going to be more of a help behind liability doing yeah. the stuff she shows up in a helicopter that isn't and she even says man i wish this had some weapons <laughs> and, and hawk attacks her and knocks the helicopter goes crashes now again i'll deal with it because it, it puts her in the battle that ends up awesome but her wheelchair ends up so conveniently yeah, I know. placed there i'm like okay but again i love this issue so much that i went with that and when she kicks um 
Hawk, Hawk Woman's Ass. Yeah. It's probably one of my top two, three moments of the whole the whole week. It's so it's satisfying. Not the whole event, and it's so great because it's almost like a boom, 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 and then she's just there with the mace. Yeah, and and it's so good. And again, you're like, that's that's what people want to see with with Barbara and Oracle. They don't want to pretend it didn't happen, and pretend oh she was a victim and that. No, what she does is she's like the hell with this. I'm gonna kick ass. She that was the great care. part about Barbara Gordon. She was the character yeah. that overcame. Yes, and they go. And again, this is where we're gonna talk a lot about this tonight about how these end. They kind of, they're oh, now you beat us. And Barbara's like, okay, listen, we're not going to kill you. You can stay in Gotham. You just don't cause any more problems. And it, it just ends like that with the fight. And it's like, really? Now, you have just been, they almost killed you guys. Hawkwoman just knocked you out of the sky. Just because you took your, her mace means that they're going to have to listen? And they're not going to cause trouble. Of well, they've already. I'm saying trouble. that they've already proved that you can kick their ass. A, girl, a woman in a wheelchair can kick your ass. All right, you know it what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, and you know what you do then? You get pissed, and then you you train, and then you kick ass the next time. Then you wait. I'm telling yes, you, maybe you it was a bad decision, but right then it felt like the right one. Maybe it'll bite them in the ass later, but who knows? Because it just ends there, and we don't get to see any more of them. Like I was waiting for like some comment from Hawkwoman. She's walking away. Like you might have beat me, but you know what beats you? Stairs. Ooh. <laughs> I was waiting for something but no it just ends and again it just has to end but then the ending ending is dick and barbara getting married and that's what everybody wanted and you get that you get that it's a satisfying ending as a nightwing and oracle issue in fact it's awesome it's great Uh, when i put this on twitter this is what everybody seemed to have wanted in this whole convergence event with tie-ins i would say nightwing marrying oracle was in the top five list of what everybody oh, wanted to see. And you get it. You get that. But yet, in the end, it just kind of seems a little off because of the way it ends with the Convergence. Of yeah. course, there's there's your obligatory um, uh, earthquake yeah. that's going to tie in all this stuff. And But at this point... Which is just reference, when, not even shown. Yeah, yeah. When you're doing this, and this is happening, they're getting married. But in my mind, if I was one of them, I'd be like... I really don't know what's going to happen. I think we're going to die. I, what, what's going on? Well, that's and, the point. They even made it at the end. You know, we do not know what's going to happen. Yeah, they and don't. we can't it, wait it for perfection again. to happen. No, but we're going to go with it because we love each but, other. We're just going to have this go down. Just, but this whole, it's almost like the um, the writers themselves were not given a clear cut way. Like, okay, you end your book. You don't have to have anybody die in it and then just have what you want it to have happen. And then we'll deal with this later. Like something's going to tie it up. But again, like I said, on this last week of Convergence this month, you're going to have an issue come out also for or, uh, 10 tie-ins is usually what it ends up being, right? Yeah. 10 books yeah. and the Convergence. The Convergence, but you almost expect to have this extra couple books to tie these things in, but it doesn't. Maybe Convergence uh, will wrap everything up nicely. Who knows? Yeah, but it's a weird way because a lot of people, I don't know that everybody who reads Nightwing Oracle is reading the Convergence issue. I don't think everybody, it can't be 100%. Oh, absolutely Some people not, are no. just like, I want this. And at the end, yes, they get what they wanted. And that's what this event was pushed to be. But then you have this Convergence time, which is really odd that I think comes off as a little forced and why did they even need it why couldn't this event be i mentioned to you why couldn't this be something where um like in justice league last week in the divergence issue they said that the or was that in that or was it in the um actual no it was in the actual justice league 40 where they said the fabric of the multiverse is being ripped apart yeah. from all these crises why couldn't this have been an event that was just spelled out that 
everything in the multiverse is being torn apart because nothing is ever resolved. This is how it gets resolved. Maybe you have Brainiac, who usually is a villain, and or the Monitor, whoever, has to patch things together and make things right. And these are the issues that do it. That somehow Nightwing and Oracle were always supposed to get married. They never did. So if you get them married, that puts a little more piece of fabric in the, in the fabric of time and space and whatnot, whatnot and makes everything right. Then you don't have to have these crazy you know, fights. In the meantime, yes, you'd have a villain who doesn't want that to happen. He wants it to end. So they're trying. I don't know. I know, but uh, same. Yeah, just, for what you're saying there, it seems like a whole lot of stuff going on where what they're doing now is leg- like they're just another fill-in kind of issue. I know, but like I'm saying, and then you just have after each issue, it's like another piece has been placed, and you just it just happens. Then you're like, okay, when I, this Convergence event, these tie-ins in the Convergence book itself, are you more excited about Convergence, or are you more excited about these individual stories? The Convergence. Okay. Well, most people, I think, going in is more are more well, interested in these we have stories. An, whenever we have an event like this, the main story is always. No, I'm not saying to... the book itself. I'm saying within the tie-ins. Are you concerned at all about the whole convergence thing while you're reading Nightwing and Oracle? Are you worried about oh, who's going to win and their city's going to be destroyed? No, right? not that, at all. No, it doesn't no. even cross my mind. No. Obviously, the people who now obviously we see nobody wins. Nobody really wins. So except we talked this, about this last week. Except for the readers. Yeah, uh, we all win. That's right. See, I'm getting angry, and I'm I'm making this last longer than it should because I'm spouting off hate. Hey, you know what the problem is, though? With all your hate talk, this was an excellent issue. Yeah, I love this issue. That's what I'm saying. And that, but when I start thinking about the whole way it ends with, it just gets me irritated. And I think this one of them. I, I even put in, I think I might even put in more. This is an excellent Nightwing Oracle issue, not a great convergence issue. So I don't even look at it as a convergence issue. To me, it's a Nightwing Oracle issue that ended great, ended what we wanted to have happen, and that's going to happen a lot in this uh, last month of books. Yeah. And, uh, the next book. Hold on a second, really though. Whoa, freaking, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, go! You freaking go on no, and I'm on. Holding, I try to no, say I'm one damn thing. I'm, I'm holding up. What are you freaking on? The best part is at the end, though, because you have Nightwing and Oracle get married. Yeah. And then somebody on Twitter this week said, "How <laughs> I was going to avoid that." I was not because <laughs> how romantic it was that Nightwing was carrying her through the. I'm like, what is he going to do? Yeah. She's in a wheelchair. Of course, he's carrying her. Yeah. Somebody put the most romantic thing ever. Night, uh, Dick carrying Barbara. What? what? <laughs> I guess he could have left her in the wheelchair, but no, he's carrying her out. It's great. But yeah, I don't know that they realize that um, that Barbara can't walk. <laughs> I can't. And, uh, oh, yeah, I liked it. I also like that, uh, I guess when they go back to the Watchtower, they're going off. Do you think they go on a honeymoon? Because where are they honeymooning? Out in the desert? Out of the Watchtower. They'd be, yeah, no, because then they show up at the Watchtower and they're dressed different. So they've obviously gone somewhere. They've gone somewhere. They go off in the car with the cans so hanging. So I'm saying, though, she changed. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I think that they went on a honeymoon out in the desert. Or maybe they visited one of those other awful cities. Hey, Bruce, <laughs> we need the Batcave for a week. Get lost. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then they played dress up. All right. And your next book you did not like. Not at all, which is really upsetting to me because how much I like the first one. But that's Convergence Justice League number two, written by Frank Thierry with art by Vincente Fuentes and Monica Cubina. And I love Frank Thierry, which was the hardest part about writing that review. Yeah, I like him too. It's all about rescuing Mara from the clutches of Flashpoint Aquaman in this issue. And that's all you get except for Mara rescuing herself. It's ridiculous. This entire issue 
is all about the rest of the women of the Justice League fighting underwater sea life, which is way more than I think should be in a domed-off Gotham Harbor, and the forces of Flashpoint Aquaman. It's, that's all you get. And then Vixen finds her way in. Like, she sneaks past all the battling, and she dresses up as a guard, which is another main content I have of this issue. She dresses up like a guard, sneak her way in, takes out the other guards, and then Aquaman was dressed as a guard as well. Ha ha, fooled you. Yeah. What is uh, that? It was funny because I thought that it was going to go down the line. Then there's Vixen. Oh, then Aquaman. Ah, then there's, then there's Supergirl. It's me. And every guard in the place was somebody else. I just don't understand why Aquaman would have disguised himself as a guard. He's fucking Aquaman. He thinks ahead. I guess. He didn't have to, though. I know. Because she was taking out guards. Well, and also, I know that you're not supposed to know, but while the others are fighting Ocean Master, it's obviously Ocean Master. I thought so as well. <laughs> I'm but like, no, it's news to them. Yeah, um, they're, he's, they're fighting, and like, oh no, you're not Arthur. Arthur, you're Ocean Master. I'm like, yeah, I, I knew that from the beginning, and I'm an idiot. How, well, I, how do you not know this? I put in my review for this, though. It's like, how often do you think Ocean Master gets that? He's going into the bar, having a couple of drinks, and talking about, yeah, I'm the king of Atlantis. Oh, you're Aquaman? No, I'm Ocean Master. Yeah, I'm oh. Ocean Master. And they're like, oh. oh, I should have noticed by that awful fucking helmet you wear <laughs> all the time that everyone knows is Ocean Masters. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, I, I didn't like this issue. I'm saying, and another thing is that when... Um, Vixen is fighting Aquaman. She's calling upon all the marine life she mm-hmm. can to fight him, which then he takes control of her because he controls marine life. Yes. And I, has I thought her... that, number one, I thought that was a little off. I don't know why, just because she's tapping into it, I, I just, I don't know. That, I'm going to go, I'll say, I could go with it. I'm okay, okay with this whole scenario. Yeah. I don't know the extent of his powers and how it would yeah. work like that. I'm going to go with it just because they said it to me. But he has her shoot herself in the head. Yep. Go, and like Mary's like, how dare you? She stopped. Yes, but she'll remember every time she looks in the mirror that she fought me. I'm like, in the mirror? She just fucking shot uh, herself actually, in the head. When I read it this morning, the actual line, Mara says she fought it and pulled it away. So it must have grazed her face. And Okay, she, see, that's not how I saw it yeah, all. No, she said, they're like, I can't believe you did that. And he's like, luckily she fought it and pulled away. And he's like, yeah, well, she'll remember that every time she looks in the mirror. Like, she's awfully scarred now. See, I did not, I yeah. agreed, though. I did not read into yeah. that. When I, like, for some reason, when Mara said the line, it came off completely different to me. And I even had somebody in the comments or on Twitter saying um, yeah, yeah, how she's, she's one of the people and, leaving. Yeah, yeah, she's leaving with Mara at the end. But you fucking see Blam, all that blood, and this, like her ass laying on the floor. Yeah. There was, you should have shown me a little bit more, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, they don't want to get too violent. I don't know. There's we have Two-Face, for Christ's yeah. sake. Come yeah, on. There, there's not much I liked about this issue. I but did that, like uh, Volko at the beginning. Volko was great, yeah. He's, that was a good characterization of Volko. It's only a little bit, but it's like that's how we would be. It's like I know he's doing wrong, but that's, I'm, he's my king, and that's how Volko is. That's, I like that. But we go from that where Vixen snakes in to try to save Mara, her blowing her face off, to the rest of the women getting themselves captured. And Mara's like, oh shit, everybody's captured? Hey, Aquaman, I love you. I need you. You're so big and yeah. stabbing him. Yeah. Okay, let's get out of here, girls. Yeah. I said it was like a season two finale of Buffy. Over yeah. again, she's just like, oh, I love you. <laughs> Stabs him right in the stomach. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, I, it was an awful ending. 
it, it was, was just terrible. nonsense. The other thing that I really, really hated was when Supergirl shows up and Aquaman's there, and out of nowhere, Superman has fa- his a- scientists. Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman has found scientists. His scientists have found rocks that are similar to other rocks that might be rocks that you don't like. And he, this weird explanation to, to say that he basically has a kryptonite trident. Yeah. And it just was stupid. I have no idea. Like, oh, I scanned the domes and everybody's biology and your biology seem to be like the rocks that we have on the ocean floor. Yep. So just by happenstance, just in case, I had my scientists put that in there. And it looks like it worked out fine because then Supergirl goes down. And what the fuck was that? That yeah, is some yeah. weird-ass science right yeah, there. Yeah, he has that crazy stuff, and he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, my God. And he, he says, uh, your people were scanned, studied, strategized for. In your case, my scientists discovered that you strangely shared properties with certain rocks. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, but don't, the only decent thing about this issue is I love Vicente Fuentes' art. Yeah, it's really good. I um, love the art in this book. I loved it in the first issue. But where I thought we were just going to get, like, the girls coming together after the first issue and then kicking some Aquaman ass, it all became nonsense. Yeah, it did. Um, And I like the very end. It's that basically he is dying on his throne, and they're like, eh, let's see what they think about him now. Yeah. (laughs) And then then we get a brief thing of Earthquake, which I didn't realize when I first read it. Yeah. And some shit came down, and then some sharks were going to come and eat Aquaman because he's fucking, like, bleeding out. bleeding out. That's just, yeah. The end. The end. It was nonsense. What did you give it? I gave it a four out of ten. Yeah, I think I might have given it a three. I say I love the art, though. Yeah, the art was good. I I actually, looking at it now, I did like the art until the end. I don't like his Aquaman. I didn't like it at all. Oh, I did. I like the Aquaman. I love the colors. Like, this is so generic, but the colors popped off the goddamn page. popped off the page, huh? Was it a thrill ride? Yeah, I freaking bought this ticket or the seat. I only need the edge. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it too much, and I didn't like the next book. Uh, I don't know anything about how you felt about it because I haven't talked to you about it, but the next book I have is Convergence Speed Force Number 2, written by Tony Bedard, art by Tom Grummet, Sean Person, Parsons, and Rain Barredo. And in this, Wally West continues to prove he's the worst father ever, but also finds out quickly that even if he's being are back to being the fastest man alive, Wonder Woman might be faster. As Wally and Diana fight it out, Fastback takes Jay and Iris back to free Flashpoint Gotham, which is under attack by Amazons. Back in Flashpoint Gotham, Diana looks like she may defeat Wally until he admits he's an awful father and husband and feels sorry for her. Then Jay, Iris, and Fastback show up, and everything is wrapped up in a ridiculously convenient bow. The end. I uh, I like this issue. I hated it. And I, I, like I said, we can fight about this like we did Catwoman a, a bunch of, I thought that I liked the art a lot. Love the art. I like Jay and Iris a lot. And yep. I like Fastback. And I love the comedy, what could have been more fun, of Fastback taking care of Jay and Iris. I thought yeah. that would have been great. But I think that Wally fighting one woman, to me, it was boring. It really didn't have a satisfying end to me. It was basically Wally just running around saying, I'm going to do this, and then Wonder Woman coming back. And then at the end, she lassoes him and just, admit you're a, an awful father. And he's I like, really I don't need part. to admit that. I thought it was ridiculous. And then he goes, I feel sorry for you. And all of a sudden, there's this Wonder Woman who is the most brash, over-the-top, mean Wonder Woman that I've ever seen even says, I don't need your, you know, it doesn't matter if I was friends with you in another life. I'm going to kill you. He, all he says is, I'm, I feel bad for you that you don't know love. 
and all of a sudden she, her guard gets dropped immediately. No, so not only like, that, oh. man, he went off, and that was a really cool speech yeah, he gave, I, talking I about how, like, I might be this, but I have more love for my kids than you'll ever know. If you live to be a thousand years older than me, you'll never experience the type of love that I have. I know, and, and you know what would have happened? What? She would have killed him. All along, she's like, I don't care. She's like, my kids. The, well, the, the whole point, though, is because she's this way, acting this way because Aquaman's sc scorning her. Yeah, but and it's supposed to be over this big love yeah. that she felt. But like him throwing in her face that, you you say this. Yes, you, you have don't that. know shit about Where, shit. Where's the setup for any of that? The only thing they ever had Flash was point. one picture. Yeah, but if you haven't read that, then you have no idea. You have no idea. And they did. The only thing they said was, you once had a love, and they showed Aquaman behind her. No, that I'm saying one that, panel. That, she, well, she said to him that I'm doing this because I loved a man who uh, yeah. scorned me, and like I'm going to destroy everything that, because of it. Before, I don't know if it's this issue. I guess it was when they're like, "Oh, my kids. Yep, I'm going to castrate your son, and your your daughter is going to be That's an issue. with me." And yeah. again, then all of a sudden you're like, "I don't care. You don't know love. Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm done." No, she's not like that. It, she let her guard down. It was a moving speech to me. I thought it was a badass way to fucking like try to attack her mentally. Man, I thought it was nonsense. I thought it was complete nonsense. I hated every minute of it. Now I hate wow. it more because you liked it. Wow, man. No, yeah. so then they go, again, how does it end then? Tell me how it ends. It ends with uh, like freaking uh, Wonder Woman getting lassoed and defeated and uh, Wally West trying to find his kids yeah. and then him saying, hey, your queen's defeated. Go run along now. Yeah, but is, even Diana's is, there. She's like, yeah, yeah, let's just go and regroup. And they leave. Yeah. Right there, they could have attacked again and killed them. I know but they, they would have won. She's already been bested by Flash. Mm, she wasn't really bested. She just she was bad. bested. She felt No, bad. she got tied up. Then again, in this, it reminded me so much of like a, um, the ABC, what it was ABC's Friday Night lineup with uh, Urkel and all them. That was the TGIF? TGIF. It reminds me of these crossovers where at the end, everybody has this cheesy ending of like, ooh, Fastback's like, huh, I better, I'm worrying about what's going on in Hollywood. Catch you later. He leaves. <laughs> uh, they say, oh, do you think they'll be back about the Amazons? I somehow doubt they'll be back. <laughs> like, yeah, because really? he freaking bested her. No, that, that, that wasn't bested. I thought he bested I, the shit out of her. Did he kill her? No, why would, he's a hero, it, man. Yeah, that's not bested. Wonder Woman. Yes, I, it is. No. Well, you are a hero. You don't understand heroes, apparently, because you no, think they I'm just saying, fucking straight I'm not up murder these folks. I'm saying the hero that is Flashpoint Wonder Woman. You think yeah. that she's just like, oh, well, he got me. I'm done. No, no she'd be back. Not. Yeah, he she says might they be won't. back. No, she Hawk, says I'm they saying, won't. though, he thinks he generally might. Hawk Woman and Hawk Man might try again, but we're going to go with it because this is the end of the story. Yeah. This is the story that that's we're told. That's what I'm saying. I think it's nonsense because they don't want anybody to end... If it would have ended with them saying the the uh, demo speech, I would have went with it. But this endings with the, oh, I guess we're done. But Let's we've go. read Convergence. We can assume that happens almost immediately after this issue ends. And then it's a, my queen, are you injured? Only my pride. Return at once. We must reconsider our position. Yeah. What? That's... It, uh... I just, I hate That's it. not her claiming defeat. That's her saying, you know, we've got to re-examine this shit and maybe attack again yeah. under a new strategy. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no deal. I just, I'm looking to see what most people thought of this because I have a I like, yeah, I, I hated every bit of it. I liked damn. the first one for the fun it was. Yeah, this um, was fun as well, man. This one I hated. There's four reviews, an average of a 6-2.
Okay. Newsarama gave it a 5, IGN a 6.9, and SnapPal.com gave it an 8.5. He's with you. You and SnapPal.com. I would have given it an 8. Yeah, I gave I the last one an 8. I hated it. I thought it was just a bunch of nonsense that nothing was resolved to the point where, again, that's the other thing. At least in the um, Nightwing Oracle, you get, okay, they had their wedding and they had this. This one, because of the way it's set up, nothing is resolved. All is resolved is Wally says, you know what? I'm going to be a better father now. That's it. And he kind of, we're going to see your mom again. He's lying. They're not seeing shit. We don't know that. Honestly, well, we'll never point, will. I'm I saying that. We I don't know that because yeah. at the end of Convergence, out of all these cities, it seems that Flash, uh, the pre-Flashpoint Gotham is kicking some serious ass against if they're uh, supposed to be fighting these other cities. Again, but it's, it doesn't I can matter see them because bringing there's, this no, back. But there's, no, there's no victor anymore. Deimos is, the game's over. There's Agreed, no but we don't anymore. know where it's going to go from yeah, here. I think that they're going to say that Deimos and all this stuff that ends up, everything's going to be set. Oh, it's set back in the multiverse, done. I don't think anybody's going to be the winner or anything like this. But, yeah, if this is the what we would get with Wally, I don't want Wally. I like Barry. I love I'm Wally. I'm a Barry, man. Uh, the next one, though, I liked a little more. What'd you give that book? Oh, I gave it a 4.5. Okay. I hated it. All right. Next. So the next book is Convergence of the Titans, mm-hmm. written by Fabian Nicesia, with art by Ron Wagner, Jose Marzen Jr., and Chris Sotomayor. Yes. Our Titans fend off the extremists in this issue while Roy tries his damnedest to keep his plucked from the time dead daughter in his life. Luckily, he's misappropriated a ton of Wayne funds to create a secret cannon throughout Gotham that sends his adversaries back. That's what I got for you there. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Short and sweet, baby. I liked it. I See, like this issue. I, I'm saying I like this issue as well. It didn't have the same impact for me as the first one did. Yeah, well, again, if, if you want to say anything, the weird thing about it is is this one's continued in Convergence number six, so there really is no ending. Yeah, it, and it, I like that fact yeah, to it. Yeah, it was kind of a weird thing. There's a couple of things, but I love when Cyborg and Beast Boy show up. I thought that was awesome. I say that's the only problem I think I have with this book. Well, not only problem, I just... It wasn't. It didn't give me the feels as much as the first one did with that personal Roy yeah, story yeah. and how he got like the inside scoop on how he's been doing. Yeah, um, it's a little bit of those like nonsense with the rules again because for that year, obviously, we've already established that Cyborg, because of his cybernetic body, was like Metallica's one, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about this yes, over yes. and over again. But Beast Boy was trapped as a green pigeon for a year, which that constitutes power. We've had this throughout other issues where, like, yeah. Martian Manhunter was trapped as a human, blah, blah, blah. I think they should revert back to their normal state without powers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the only other thing, the other thing that got me in this issue that kind of made it less <coughs> like a feely issue, like you said, mm-hmm. was um, with Roy and his daughter. Um, it just kept going back and forth, like you have her, you don't. You have, it became exactly. a, it became a little nonsense. It didn't it seem did. like you, you didn't get this tension of oh my god, he's not going to get her because it started becoming ridiculous. Well, we had that great cliffhanger in the first issue where it looked like Roy might have fucking fired upon uh, Donna Troy and Starfire, yeah, and then here yeah. we find out it was a big ruse to try to like you know distract Dream Slayer so he gets Philly Ann back yeah. and get her back to his bunker. Which Dream Slayer then goes I'm like oh I know where exactly where you are, and then plucks her yeah, away. Yeah, again. It just seemed crazy because he just got also with that shot was funny because he the, you missed he's like no i didn't then he shoots again you missed no i, I don't really understand what he was going he was with trying that. to topple that that what was it by them behind Those girders or whatever girders. That's, he was obviously hitting uh pressure points or whatever of the girders to bring yeah, them but down nothing ever came and, down but it was funny because it was like usually when that happens it's like one of those where i shoot 
it misses you. You miss. No, I did. And then something happens. This yeah, happens. then it's a Rube Goldberg device. And then it's twice it happens. He's like, you miss. No, I didn't. You miss. No, I didn't. It just keeps going. Like, listen, buddy, I didn't miss. God damn it. But my biggest concern with the issue, though, is in the beginning. Because we have that great cliffhanger where it looks like he shot him. And then we find out that he didn't. And then there's a narration for Roy's like personal aspect of it. Like, I would never attack my friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when Dream Slayer plucks <laughs> Leanne away again, he targets he targets and fires on his friends. Yes. And when he when he shoots Corey, what what happened from that? Nothing. Uh, well, it's so funny. She got hit she and got, I guess she hit, got better. I guess. Nothing ever. It's not even like, hey, sorry. Sorry he for says, blasting you. Yeah. And sorry, fuck it. You know what? I'm gonna fire on the extremists. Yeah. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. Oh my god, we didn't count on this. We gotta regroup and go away. And uh, another thing that I didn't now we're talking about this and both of us like this issue. Yeah. But the thing I also uh, came away from it that I didn't like was the extremists are not a very well-known entity. No. I don't know much about the extremists. So them as a team, um, it's not as satisfying to me. I mean, I see and they, they have a funny thing where uh, Beast Boy's fighting the one guy who looks like Doc Ock. See, yeah. I don't even know these guys, but he's like, hey, help me for an appropriate toucher over here. And it's kind of a funny <laughs> thing, but I don't know these guys. And people no. are yelling names. I, I have no idea. Again, I looked stuff up. This wasn't a book I reviewed, so I didn't look up uh, a lot of the main extremists uh, or the extremists. Uh, extremists. <laughs> uh, in detail, I didn't really check them out, but they're there, and you don't get a lot. Some of these books have done a really good job of, even without that history thing in the back, they've done a good job of kind of giving a little bit of a, a background and stuff yeah. like that through either exposition or something that happens. Um, this one you didn't get, and I really, I have no idea what's going on with the extremists, and I, really, Not at all. I really didn't care. It's almost like we said about the um, the Quardians. When these books have these ridiculous villains, I really could care less, and I do not think at any point that Roy Harper, Donna Troy, uh, Corey are going to get beat by the extremists. There's yeah. no way. The extremists are not winning. Uh, but yeah, I, I put in my notes. I was just worried. What happened to Corey? She got shot. She's back. I'd be pissed. Uh, she wasn't That's it. Pissed, it, it all comes down to, which I really liked, even though as much as I was talking about how much I liked the first issue with that personal Roy story, yeah. Roy's story is over here. Now that he has Leanne back, they fought back the extremists, the Titans are going to go back after them. They're like, Roy, you have your daughter back. Yep. Yeah, don't You're screw done. it up. Yeah, You're done. Yep. They, you this know. is our fight now. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. And they're like, so do you I. Know, don't, you know, you might have an hour, you might have the rest of your life, we don't know. But nope. enjoy it. And see, I like that. Like I said, I, that in the Nightwing Oracle, it, it didn't come out as good as that. But I did like that part. Um, I gave this a 7.5 out of 10 I, because I think I gave the first one a 9. Okay. But I'm yeah. saying this just lacked a bit that we had from the first issue. Yeah, yeah. And it's some of those things I just talked about, which I had some problems with. But, you know, it, it's still a good issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, when we, when we do the podcast, we do seem to nitpick on these little things that, that get on our nerves more than what we really like. But that's just because we're negative. Yeah, negative. We're negative answers. fellas. But, yeah, and it's, again, it's weird that it's continuing convergence number six, but I, I'm getting the I'm idea. I'm Yeah, I'm getting the idea that then number six comes, then next week there's going to be one of the issues or two, whatever it will be, they'll continue yeah. in seven. It'll, I think that's going to be a trend. Well, that's where we week. left off the Earth Two Wonders, where they said, we need backup. We're going to go to these other cities so you can yeah. help. My guess uh, is that the Green Arrow will continue on one of the issues. What do you think of that? Um, I really haven't thought about it, so I, I you're putting me on the spot. I am so. right. I am right. right. That's my guess. Okay. That's my. I'm um, betting you a dollar and a donut. All right, cool. I'm uh, done. Yes, and that's the first half of the books. 
First half is done. It's halftime, baby. All right. Halftime show. It's a halftime show. You know yeah. what the halftime show is? Every week it is Ryan Clark's other side segment. You got Brightest Daycare doing Sword of Sorrow number one and Secret Wars number one. He's double shot. Nice. So two for Sunday. Isn't that what they call it when they, you get two things on Sunday? Two for Sunday. I'll go with for sure. I like two for Tuesday, but it is Sunday. So if you're listening to us on Tuesday, two for Tuesday. But here is Ryan <laughs> Clark with his other side segment with Sword of Sorrow number one and Secret Wars number one. Take it away, Ryan. Hello and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side, your weekly dose of all things non-DC comics on the otherwise all-DC Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and I'm coming to you today with a king-size annual edition of The Other Side. It's not actually annual or king-sized, so I'm not really sure why I said that, but I do have two books that I'm reviewing this week, so you get twice as much to love or hate. First up on the docket is Swords of Sorrow number 1 by Dynamite Comics, written by Gail Simone with art by Sergio Davila. Uh, This is a female-led crossover event at Dynamite Comics, including all the major female characters in the Dynamite universe um, that are teaming up or throwing down, depending on what side of the conflict they fall. Um, the roster includes Red Sonia, Dejah Thoris from the John Carter universe, Cato of the Green Hornet, Vampirella, Jungle Girl, Lady Zorro, Pantha, Miss Fury, Lady Rawhide, and the, the, the characters of Chaos, and more. So it's a stacked roster of characters, plus there are a ton, ton of great female creators that are working on this series as well, not just in the main series, but all the different tie-in books that are incorporating any or multiple of the ladies of Dynamite that I had mentioned before. This first issue, the series is off to a really strong start. It opens up a really wide world of possibilities for uh, all these strong characters, and I hope it continues to stay strong because the first issue really has a lot of promise. Uh, The art was fantastic, and Sergio Davila has a real knack for drawing pretty awesome and kick-ass ladies and giving each of them a look that is very much entirely their own. Uh, This is definitely not your typical event book in that it is both female-led and driven by the characters and the creators, and that it doesn't really feature any quote-unquote superhero types. There are a lot of strong and powerful women. There are demons and vampires and, you know, great, strong characters, but nobody that is the unbeatable alien lady with a cape. There are a couple of ladies that do wear capes, and those are only really Lady Zorro and Red Sonia that I can think of anyway, and those are more aesthetic choices than denoting any sort of superpowers. Uh, This is a really fun, fast-paced book, and it has one of the super lowest accessibility hurdles of any of the books I've read for a while, so I highly recommend checking this out. The second book I'm reviewing this week is Marvel's Secret Wars number one. Uh, And now this is the second 
crossover event from the big two recently, and this one is being helmed by Jonathan Hickman, who's done a lot of Avengers work. He's done other major events for Marvel, so he is well-versed in how these things are supposed to go. Uh, he can be a really great asset for these kind of event books, as long as he doesn't, doesn't go too way far inside on Marvel characters and history and things that not a lot of people really know too much about or go too high concept in the things that he's dealing with. When you're dealing with the the prospect of what super, uh, Secret Wars is, where you have two universes that are coming head to head and there is a a war and there's this clash and all these things are happening, it's already going to be high concept enough. It doesn't really need to add existential crises and the meaning of life being figured out all into it as well. Um, this book seems to be more straightforward, at least after the one issue as far as I can tell. So I hope that uh, things stay along this course. Um, I think that um, this could really be something that continues to be a strong series throughout, unlike that other event at DC, which did not start out strongly and has yet to really right the ship with the, with that regard. Uh, this first issue had a really a lot of good action um, and even had a, a pretty emotional, at least for me anyway, uh, ending to it. I have really high expectations for this book, and I'm sure anyone who knows Marvel and the Secret Wars history I'm not alone in, in expecting a lot from this book. Both books are first chapters, even though they both have zero issues or a prelude. Secret Wars had Free Comic Book Day, and The Swords of Sorrow released a prelude one-shot that was released concurrently with the first issue as well. But they're both really solid number one issues, even though they're covering very different materials. Uh, these books really have a lot going for them in their own regards, a lot of momentum for, for Swords of Sorrow through Dynamite. They have strong ladies on the creative teams and in the books, and that can really, really, really do a lot for comic books because women just don't have a voice in front of or behind the scenes in comics. So this could be a really big improvement and really open a lot of doors and just be a great thing as an event and as a fun comic book to read, but also mean more in a cultural change. So that's nothing but good can come from that. And for Marvel, they have a pair of really massive talents at the helm with Jonathan Hickman and uh, Isad Ribic doing art. Um, and um, this event has been a part of Marvel history since the first Secret Wars was a thing in 1984. So they both have big shoes to fill, and this is just a really great time in comics. There's something out there for everyone. There's literally nothing that you can't find that someone won't be a fan of, and with these books, they're very different, catering to totally different audiences, but yet I love them both. Um, hopefully, one of these two books is for you, if not, I'm sure there's something else out there that is, and I'll be back here to talk about that the next time it comes out. 
As always, I am your host of The Other Side, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clerk. You can find me on Twitter at BDC Comics. I post my reviews on Tumblr at tumblr.brightestdaycare.com. And I have fan pages on Facebook and Google Plus under Brightest Daycare as well. You can find me there and see all the reviews that I post, the different news articles that I aggregate from other sites. Um, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm always eager to talk to people about things, and you can hit me up there. Uh, otherwise, I will see you back here next week on the other side. You'll never know how much I really love you. You'll never know how much I really care. Listen, do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? And we're back. Oh, we're back. We are back. That was Ryan with his two reviews, and now we're going to give you five more? <laughs> Is it five more? Yeah. Five more. We're going to finish up. Uh, again, I didn't mention in the first half, if you, we would love for you to come to the site and see our full-out reviews where we write and pontificate on things and sound smart. Unlike <laughs> this podcast. Say, uh, I do? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you, you curse a lot. Cursing isn't usually the sign of uh, intelligence, but for you, I'll give it to you. Fair enough. You curse intelligently. Uh, Thank but you. the site is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. Uh, also, you can see us on Twitter at WeirdScienceDC. But we'll, we'll talk about all that later as well. Correct? Correct. Correct, because we're going to get back to the books. And the first one is my favorite book of the week and the whole event so far. And it's also piggybacks onto the number one of that which was one i love and that's convergence superman number two written by dan jurgens art by dan jurgens norm rapamund rapmund and brad anderson and uh before i go i have to make a, a thing i accidentally thought norm rapmund did the art because i just look at i i don't know when i see dan jurgens i'm like okay he wrote it what's the next name i, I was an idiot but in fact dan jurgens did the art which i also love but what this book was about Dan Jurgens continues writing and drawing my favorite Convergence tie-in that may leave some Convergence loose ends, but is satisfying on so many other levels. The issue starts with a kick-ass battle with Superman against Avan Sur, Cyborg, and Captain Thunder. While Superman proves he is more than worthy, he has to leave early to go save Lois, who's been kidnapped by Subject 1L. Luckily, Jimmy is still hovering around and has plenty of firepower. Meanwhile, Thomas Wayne is a little upset that his secret cave is hardly a secret, and Superman delivers a baby boy and assures Thomas that his son Bruce is a good man. Ah, uh, yes. You uh, know what my favorite part of this book right now is? What? The fact that you've been complaining how all these things have a, no time, like they I don't know. end, and this is the biggest one in my mind. Uh, I don't think that this is, because you get, they're just down there. It doesn't end. It ends with, with uh, the baby being born, and yeah. I have a little issue with that. Um, but again, like Nightwing and like, uh, Nightwing Oracle, this one ends. There goes my dog. I, there must be somebody attacking us downstairs. Jesus Christ. Uh, how this ends is how everybody wanted it to end. There was the baby being born. Like yeah. I said, Flash, uh, Speed Force, it ends with them just saying, yep, I'll be a good guy. 
I think okay. I've learned that my lesson, nobody thought, hey, I want to have, when I think of these books that I want back and things to be resolved, they thought, you know what I want to have resolved? I want Wally to realize he's an awful father. That's, that was the resolution. This, these, this and the Nightwing Oracle, they get a resolution of what everybody wanted. Everybody who wanted this Lois and Clark, they wanted the baby. That's, that's it. Right. And, and you get it. So it ended to me. Again, I said the, the convergence part of it is, is nonsense. Um, you get a little bit of that crazy earthquake. But up until then, um, I, I wanted the birth of the baby. I got the birth of the baby. Boom. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, do you know what else uh, you get? Jimmy get the, got to redeem himself. Because last issue, he, <laughs> he basically, at one point, they were going to call a truce. Yeah. And then Jimmy shows up and just goes to town shooting people. But in the end, we talked about this uh, off podcast. Jimmy might be dead. Yeah, because totally dead. he is fighting Abin Sur, who then later shows up with Superman. And I think that maybe Abin Sur killed him. <laughs> and honestly, though, that is so irresponsible on Superman's part. Cause I know. It was, that was the one thing that felt off. Superman is fighting Captain Thunder and Abin Sur. And... and it's it's a pretty decent fight, correct? Oh, yeah, it's really badass. I, mean, I dig the hell out of it. And, Him they, and Cyborg as well. At, at points, Superman is kind of getting overtaken a bit, correct? Yeah. How does he think Jimmy's going to do anything with a, a, a hover car? That's the problem. He hears Lois call for help. Yeah. He quickly knocks back Captain Thunder. And Abin Sur comes after him, and then Jimmy shoots him in the back with this energy cannon and says, don't worry, Supes, go off and uh, help Miss Lane. I'll yeah. take this from here. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, he's like, uh, this happened in one of the other issues where, oh, I know what it was. It was that awful Wonder Woman issue that I hated uh, right. when that happened where Steve Trevor's fighting the vampires of Red Rain, and they're, they're like, go ahead, Diana, save, save uh, Etta Candy. And Wonder Woman goes up, and, and you see Steve just getting devoured by these. And I'm sure next issue of that, you'll see, oh, he was fine. But man, there are some of these heroes' choices. <laughs> but of course, Superman has to go save Lois. And he's like, listen, yeah. Jimmy, you're awful. You freaking, we would have, nobody would have been fighting if it was, wasn't for Jimmy last, last issue. <laughs> he just showed up and started going to town. But uh, what I liked, and I, I actually talked to you about this earlier uh, in the the Justice League maybe but it was also actually in just the last one um, how some of these books do a good job of giving a background of the other side of the, the villains or oh, yeah. quote unquote I, characters I really appreciated that and in the first yeah, month he really, Dan Jurgenson in this even puts in bits of the Flashpoint story to flesh out who Subject One was showed that oh he's just upset because Lois was the only one who who cared for him and there but then Lois and his day he died also you get the you get the whole story about Bruce dying and Martha becoming the Joker you yeah. get all of that you get the idea so that later when Thomas you said like Wayne, an infomercial at one o'clock in the morning yeah you yeah. get this and you, you get, get this. this as well yeah. and how much would you pay for this not yet <laughs> don't answer yet you also, we get, also get this yeah, you also get eric pushing his headband and the jay lee cover of batman superman one <laughs> at one in the morning uh but you you get the idea so then later when thomas wayne says hey I can't deliver this baby. I have given up being a doctor when my son died. You have a background of that. You know what happened, even if you didn't read or know anything about Flashpoint. I still kind of think that's bullshit. 
Uh, I did too. I thought that that was going to be a way for him to be like, listen, exactly. This is the, I'm going to be back in the saddle now. I, I yeah. can't just I can't just mope around. I thought that too. And I also like Superman's like, I'm going to deliver the baby. And then all of a sudden his cape's off. Yeah. <laughs> like, that looked weird. But I guess, yeah, to be able to show and then they wrap the baby in the cape. Yeah, you, that's a classic scene. Yeah. Um, then um, there's a couple of things that, that really, again, I said that I love the ending, but there are a little loose ends. Like, Where's Captain Thunder? Because that guy is pissed. Yeah. And you don't know what Jimmy is. He's still fighting Jimmy. Is he? I think that he, he's not, he hasn't conceded anything. Nothing. Just because Superman and Thomas Wayne have shook hands and become friends. And uh, the only thing you get from that is Thomas saying, don't worry, Captain Thunder won't think to look here. Yeah. Yeah, when, in fact, everyone knows where this Batcave is. <laughs> and even Batman's pissed. And I said, it really reminded me of the Simpsons uh, with the Stonecutters, when yeah. uh, Homer kept asking questions, and Lenny's like, it's a secret. Shut up. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody has found out the secret. Next thing, Homer's going to fall through the, the skylight. Skylight, yeah. Uh, it just I thought that part was hilarious, too. It's just like Batman's like, what? But also, what happened to uh, Subject 1, L? Superman in the flesh. He just, just completely disappeared. Well, do you did you know what happened? Superman, Superman beat him up. Just he just grabbed him and off with him, and yeah. then showed back up. I think he killed him. I think he snapped his neck. See, this is where you go wrong again. Thinking this is weird. The heroes would kill people. It's so weird that he just he basically exits stage left. Agreed. Right. I think it's it's so very weird, odd, but it's right, like, more odd to me to think that you would think no, that. I didn't think he did. I just wonder where he is. This whole thing, and in fact, I thought that. Superman would show up and then realize that uh, L from Flashpoint does love he, – he lost out on his Lois. Lois died in Flashpoint, and he – that's who – the only one who ever had any faith in him or was nice to him. I thought he was going to let him stay there while the baby was being born. He's that, that L is not bad. He just, that's what he has, and he's had an awful life. Superman I, don't have time for that nonsense. Really he's got a baby that he to deliver. I really wish that L would have been there with Thomas, and it would have resolved a lot of stuff. And then they could have said, uh, you know, even with the baby or something, have have uh, Subject 1L hold the baby at the end. A- absolutely not. I'm what saying I if I was Superman, would never let I that go down. But then, uh, did you think it was a little off when they're like, oh, we'll name him, we'll name him Jor. And Superman's like, no, I am more human now. You know, I consider myself Holy human, Lois. Moly. Why couldn't he be called like John Jor? Something. Jor John. Jor John. Something that it just seems. Look, honestly, like, look. Even if I associate, if I was Superman and I associated more with my alien self, I'm not naming a kid Jor. He's going to be beat up on yeah, the fucking plate. Jor is a bad, bad name. But it's like almost like it's like yeah. He's like um, he thinks that Jor-El was a deadbeat dad. Just yeah. like, you know, because he built something to save his ass and send him to Earth. God forbid. You know, if I was here and this Quaker town was burning down and I sent my kids off to Lansdale, does that mean I'm awful? Hey, uh, no. did you name any of your kids after your father? No. Because no, I not. was named after my father and I didn't want to continue that. I am a third. There you go. I don't like that. So I stopped it. I ended it. And it caused a lot of friction between me and my family, <laughs> which I don't talk to rarely. So it didn't really... Which is funny, I want to bring up, because we're recording this on Mother's Day. Have you talked to your mother today? No. Neither have I. We are terrible, terrible sons. We are. I did go out and get a card for me and the kids for my wife, and we bought donuts. That's That's more than I've done. We just got a refrigerator that I'd love to say was a Mother's Day gift, but it's more (laughs) of a gift of necessity, because the refrigerator went down last week. Um but yeah, I thought that was a really odd thing. But it wasn't even like you know. It would have been funnier to me. Like, you want to call him after your father, Jor, and like, 
that name is awful, Lois. Why would you? No, it's like I'm more of human now. I, yeah, see, I don't you play, know. You gave it that voice. I just thought, you know, I think of myself more as human, Lois. I want to name him John. No, no I think he was like, I'm more of a human now. <laughs> you and your fucking voices. Uh, oh, that's almost that almost became a Yoda. Like, human am I now? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I gave it a 9.9 out of 10. And you know why I had to give it a 9.9 out of 10? Because you gave the last one 9.8? Yeah, I gave the last one a 9.8 and painted myself into a corner because I like this one better, and I said so, and uh, what else could I do? So exactly. I, I did love it. I love this whole, of all of these tie-ins, the Superman one is my favorite by far. Uh, Nightwing Oracle is very good, but this one is definitely um, number one for me. I think I would have given this an 8 to an 8.5. I enjoyed it, but I just had some issues with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next one, um, I read today uh, <laughs> because I was trying to catch up getting the stuff ready, and boy, yeah. I did not like it. No, no. A Convergence Batman and Robin, number two, written by Ron Mars, with art by Dennis Cohen, Klaus Jansen, Joe Rubenstein, and Chris Sotomayor, man. Mm-hmm. Anyone order a big-ass fight scene with a side order of love? Me. Yeah, did you? Because then you got it here. Yeah. Friggin' that is all there is on the menu. Where I really wanted to explore Damien's jealousy over Red Hood in the last issue, here we have the most rudimentary of resolutions for the scenario where Damien and Red Hood work together to save Batman. After that, it's all good. All good. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, this is like just a fight scene and then Batman talking about how much he loves everybody. Yeah, you know um, who he doesn't seem to love a lot in this? Who? I didn't get the idea that he loved Jason. Oh, no. He even said to Superman, they are both, like, they're not blood, but they are both my he sons. He says that, but it's so odd. At the one point, he's hugging Damien. Yeah. He's like, Damien, I just want you to know whatever happens, I love you. You're my son. I love you. Jason's standing aside there. And I, I just get the idea. Jason's like, you son of a bitch. And then, again, Batman never says to Jason. He goes over to Superman, yeah, they're both my sons. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was odd. Jason's just there, and I, I really didn't like anything about this issue. The, the battle is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's uh, fucking terrible. I hated the art. I really yeah, did. I didn't. I, at one point, I, did you, do you remember <laughs> the panel where it looks like Jason's Red Hood mask? Oh, yes, like I do. It's got a weird... What, what is that damage to that it mask? It looks like a tear. Yeah. I, it made no sense to me. And then it was gone. Yeah, and then it's completely fine. I don't know if it's a symbiote, it regenerates or whatnot. Freaking... There was no like, continuity between panels no. here for the art. And it was more of like this, like, it was a very rough style of art, like, on purpose. Yeah. It was a rough style. I hated it. Um, I hated everyone they were fighting. Yeah. I, I thought it, it was just a bunch of nonsense. And I, I, like I said, when Batman's hugging Damien and Jason's on the side, it did make me laugh. But then there's the worst part of this whole Convergence event. I really think it's when Batman says to Superman, you know, we're, we're, I, I'll paraphrase it. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, hey guys. Or, hey, Superman. You know how I feel because neither of us had fathers. Superman. Superman. Goes, no, 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 no. I have a father. In fact, I had two. <laughs> He's like, I had one to burn, baby. So, boy, then, but then, and then I think Superman felt bad. And then he goes, listen, we're both orphans in this galaxy. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Like, uh, uh, not having the father that we wanted, like, or we had or whatever, has made us to the men we are today. Yeah. But I'm like, that's some fucking backtracking right there, Superman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Superman, when he says this, I get the idea that Batman, like, he would turn, he'd kick the door <laughs> a little, and, like, a tear would be running down his face. He's like, 
oh man, my best friend. <laughs> it's like leaving him hanging. It's yeah. the worst. And I'm telling you, if you look in the book, it happens like a page after Batman leaves Jason hanging. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's awful in this book. Uh, but he loves that Damien. Yeah, I think he loves his blood better. There's not really much to say about this issue. <laughs> I'm telling you, we get a big ass fight scene where then Batman uses uh, Brute to try like to pull. He's about to pull the bane on Batman, yeah. and then Damien and Jason see it and, like we gotta help him, and they work together to help him. And after that, just some more fighting, and then the big love in. Oh, yeah. we all love each other. We saved each other's lives. Yeah. You know. I thought you like I didn't like you, but I saw you working as a superhero. Yeah, I yeah. dig that man. Yeah. And then you Superman really learned your lessons. Yeah, oh. and then it's like Superman just had his baby, and, and this story as well mm-hmm. is like go be with your family. I'm going to go be with mine, yeah. and everything is great. Even though we've been stuck in a dome for a year, we're going to yeah. still be who we are. Yeah, it was kind of neat that it did tie into the other book, the yeah. Superman book. But yeah, it's it's just yeah nothing. It's no. like up. Oh, let's you know. I love Damien. I kind of love Jason. I guess I got to say that it really came. <laughs> you really going, fixated I'll keep on that. Going back into this, it really <laughs> came up to me like Superman saw him hugging Damien. Saying you love me, like you love your son. I love both my sons. He's like he's really backtracking. He's like, oh my god, I look, I look awful. And then tries to get Superman in on it with the father thing. And <laughs> Superman leaves him hanging and flies off. It's such nonsense. But I was like, I haven't read the Adam yet, which I should be doing after we get done this podcast. Yeah. But so far, this is the worst book of this week. What, what did you give it? A 3.5 yeah. out of 10. Uh, you know what? I might have given it a 2. Yeah. It was so bad. I'm oh, telling you, though, I, liked, I really like the ending, though. I, like, um, That's the only redeeming quality of this. And I, as much as I did not like the art, when it was just normal stuff, like at the end where you see Jason, Damien, and Batman swinging yeah, by, yeah, that's okay. that looked nice. Yeah. Yeah, during the fight, it was that. Like I said, it's this rough style that it made things confusing. Oh yeah. Um, during the fight, just people kept coming back that you think yeah. it just wouldn't end. I, I'm reading this. I'm like, what is this stupid fight going to end? Jesus Christ! And usually, like a book like this, or if it's a big vast fight scene, it freaking it's a breeze to yeah, get through. No, this it, seemed it to go not, on forever. I'm glad you reviewed this because I think my review would have been three sentences long. <laughs> they fought. It Mine ended. Would, this might have been one of the shortest reviews it I've ever have done. To be, there's nothing happens. I told you this happened in one of my Arkham Knight Arkham Knight auction reviews <laughs> a couple weeks ago, where if nothing happens, it's yeah. really, it's really tough. You have to just make up stuff. Fucking add some oh padding. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, my next book, I was not a fan of this one either. Uh, Convergence Batgirl number two. Um, before, Actually, this week is probably my worst week. I had yeah. some really good, and man, there were some bombs. But yeah, Convergence Batgirl number two is written by Alyssa Quinty, art by Rick Leonardi, Mark Pennington, and Steve Bucciolato. Um just one a of the Boots back- Brothers. Yeah, one of the Boochers. Uh, a little background. Right now we have some uh, five questions interview that I sent to Alyssa Quinney, and I really tried to, to back this uh, review up um, in time. I was going <laughs> to – I had it read on Wednesday. I finally reviewed it yesterday, Saturday, only because I kept – waiting for her to send these questions back before I drop the bomb of an awful review. <laughs> and uh, she follows us on Twitter. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get those questions. No, I, think, I don't think I so think either. I think she's ditched me. But, I think uh, we can add somebody else to the hate list. Yeah, yeah. The first issue of Becker was thrown off by awful pacing, and this one might be worse. Lissa Quinney throws us back and forth between the present and the far, far past of yesterday, and it really <laughs> seems like a ploy to hide the fact that not much happens. Stephanie Brown and Tim Drake argue about what it takes to be a hero and why they aren't boyfriend and girlfriend. 
Then Catman tells Stephanie his backstory, all while Grodd beats the living crap out of Cassandra Kane. Then Stephanie comes up with a plan that will end the battle and Catman's life, and they're all <laughs> teleported back to their respective cities in those mysterious silver balls. Did I mention Catman's going to die? Yes. The issue ends with Cassandra in the hospital and Tim and Steph making out. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I did like about it. I do like the dialogue with Stephanie Brown. I just actually, not even dialogue itself, but the, her character. Yeah, so do I. I think her character was really well done. It's just there was nothing really going on. The story yeah. really uh, had nothing. And again, it ended. Everybody was going to come into this once uh, Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown to get together, and they do in the end. So I like that. Now the thing, the thing. Hold on. The thing okay. I really like is the ending where yeah. we get Tim and Steph back together, but. But. I, as as much as I dig that, there is no reason in my mind for that to happen because in this book we have Stephanie Brown like before they start fighting Catman and General Grodd. Yeah, they have a little talk. A, a talk. <laughs> she punches him right in the face. I'm saying because <laughs> I realize this, like I really do not like the pre-Flashpoint Red Robin. I hate the costume. Okay. Yeah, I loved I'm, him. I, I loved him costume. Drake, but I hate that costume. Yeah, but I hate it too. Tim is the worst boyfriend in the he goddamn is. world. He, he's awful. After she decided, after the dome came up and she decided she didn't want to be Batgirl anymore, mm-hmm. Tim just stopped calling her one yeah, day. Yeah, just because she wasn't Batgirl. And the best part is, I'm reading this. <laughs> and he's all like, what do you say? Like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, now that you're Batgirl again, you, you think you want to fuck? Yeah. It's that, he doesn't say that, but it's pretty much that. Mm-hmm. And then she lays him out. He's the yeah. worst motherfucker alive. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I like I you. I like you back in this costume again. You yeah. look pretty sexy. Yeah, he just likes go that costume. That's yeah. Uh, and that's why I didn't put. I like Tim Drake's characterization. Yeah, uh, but I did like Stephanie Brown again. Yeah, so like I really said, good. everybody was waiting for them to get back together, and it, it is forced, but they do get back together. But what I, I didn't really like, like the ending. Yeah, I didn't like this jumping back and forth again. The pace is so off. You get the and oh my god, and it was terrible. And you 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 get to a point where and really. In all of this, what did you want to see going into this issue from last? What what did you want to see? I, I really wanted just... to, I wanted to see Gorilla Grodd kicking people's asses. I wanted to see that, and you get that until points, and then it jumps back. Honestly, this it... this to me is a lot like you said about Oracle Nightwing. Everybody who wants to get this issue is all about uh, Stephanie Brown yeah. and Tim Drake getting That's all back it is. together. That's all you want. So this jumping back and forth to it, again, this the jumping back and forth in time is a device. Yes. And it does not work here. Not it at all. It really doesn't. You end up with such an awful pacing that it's just ridiculous. But also in the issue, the thing that I, I love the most, but it's also ridiculous and why I hate it, but it, it is funny to me and I laugh the whole time, is basically everyone's talking. In the background, Grodd is kicking the crap out of Cassandra Kane. She's getting yeah. killed. And, and at the point, Stephanie and Catman are coming up with this plan. And, <laughs> and in the background, just, until... Grodd is about to throw her over a cliff, it looks like. He's like, guys, and the, oh, oh, my God. And then they go fight. But Take this, me instead. But, yeah, and then there's all that. No, oh, there's Stephanie. She's a hero. She's te- and he's like, and again, as I read it, I'll give Alice, Alyssa Quinney a full credit because as I'm reading it and Stephanie's like, take me instead, I'm like, He's not going to take anyone. He's going to kill all of you. And yes. he says it. He's like, why would I take you? I'm going to take you all. And I'm in. I, yeah. And again, uh, Catman gives you a little background of what happened after the dome. It's, it's comical that uh, 
It threw me off, really. Because we were jumping back through time, and then we were jumping into his reminiscing. Yeah, it was terrible. But, you know, thinking that Grodd was in a zoo with some... That's funny. It's it's funny. But, again, that's what I'm saying is you're fighting. Then all of a sudden you're going back before they meet Catman. Then you're going then when they meet him. And then he's telling you this, and he's telling you that. But Stephanie's plan um, is... Now, it works out. Yeah. Uh, so at the to end, you say it doesn't matter. She was right, yes, to a degree, because at the end, Cassandra Kane's still in the hospital. She got the <laughs> crap kicked out of her. But the plan of, hey, Kamen, you—they need a winner. You, what we'll do is, you just you you um, you fall or you uh, give up. You uh, give up to me. You surrender to me. I win. Both of us are saved. That's not how the rules are. <laughs> if you give up and lose, you pretty much think you're going to die. And all of your city's going to die. And Catman kind of plays well, like, I don't care. And they had a weird way why he was in yeah. Gotham anyway. So he doesn't have a connection to Gotham. but he, And everybody's he, dead anyway from Grodd's fucking yeah, uprising. Yeah, and he, but he's going to die. Yeah. I think, and it's like, he's okay with it, I guess, because he's going to die. I, I, if I was me, I'd be like, I don't think that's going to be this way. In fact, at this point, I know he, him and Grodd are not friends, right? Yes, right. What happens when they get back to Gotham together? They're both together. They're attached. They're well, going to get to Gotham and, and uncome out of these stupid balls, and then they're going to have to fight. And even if this convergence doesn't kill him, I think Rod is going to kill Catman. Agreed, but I'm saying Catman was ready to die from we saw from his backup. I mean, his I, like his yeah, memory. I know he. He was going to blow himself they, up with Rod. Yeah, they they spell that it just. It's odd. It, it is it's very just odd. So odd, and I I didn't like this issue. I I didn't like the art at points. I started like. I, I, really I actually art, started liking the art yeah, throughout I, when I was going I, it. I was going back and forth, but I really do. And somebody mentioned it to me, and I really do think now it's uh, Steve Bucciolato's on colors. And I'm not even going to say it's fully his fault. This is the most drab setting oh, yeah. for any of these books. The full book takes place in a desert. Why? I, I know that that's where they ended up. But it, it just ends up that it's just this drab desert setting. That just and in the end, that's basically what this issue was to me. It was just a drab freaking, uh, you know. I just wanted it to end. I yeah. did. I didn't like it. I gave it a four out of ten. Alyssa Quinney probably hates me now, but I, I probably would have given it a five to five point yeah, five. No, um, okay. The story, the story structure was terrible, but like you said, Stephanie Brown was perfect. I liked fit. Stephanie Brown. If she was going to write the new. Um, like a Stephanie Brown book, yeah. and she got to write her own story. It wasn't this convergence. I'd be interested. So would because I. Because I'd like her characterizations. And even like we said, we didn't like Tim Drake, but I did like the dialogue between them, even though Tim Drake's awful. Worst uh, boyfriend ever. Yeah, yeah. but I did like it. And again, the, she kind of pushed this um, Cassandra Kane not liking the uh, the personal affection between the two yeah. a little too much, uh, but it was okay. Again, she ended up in the hospital because they were talking. <laughs> They were talking too long, and she got the crap kicked on her. But well, that's yeah. what Cassandra did. She jumps into action and, like, you yeah, know, just does. goes all willy-nilly. Yep, 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 that's that. Uh, next issue uh, was one you just reviewed today, and yes. I read right before the podcast, and I enjoyed. So did I, man. Convergence the Question, number two, written by Greg Rucker with art by Cully Hamner and Dave McCaig. We had some issues before, like we talked about in one of the previous uh, podcasts, about how Greg Rucker doesn't seem to like us because we put up a, what we call a preview and it was just a page. Yeah. yeah. He had some issues. Yeah. But you know what, man? He's been writing the hell out of this yeah. freaking Convergence yeah. tie. It's two issues, but they were excellent issues. Like I gave the last one an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. This is even better than that. Yeah. Um, what did you give issue, it? Just a preview. Did you give oh, it a 9? 
I gave it a nine. I would think I that that's what I would have given it. Um, and I have a few problems, but in this issue, it's a race against the clock. Is the question Huntress and the Batwoman try to stop Two Face from killing himself while having a different Harvey Dent kill him? Actually, mm-hmm. um, and that's the whole issue. But there there are some sidesteps and side notes to it. And the only problems I have is that I didn't get the like I didn't really understand in the first issue that. Uh, Two Face was supposed to fight himself, mm-hmm. like he was somebody who was chosen to fight. Yeah, I didn't think he was chosen. The way they they ended that first issue was when the dome went down. This was like the greatest thing to him because he was yeah. going to say, "It's like great now I can find the other me to kill me." Exactly, that, that was it. It never seemed like this was anything to do with convergence. He just but, it was an opportunity. Exactly, but here it's spelled out that yeah. it seems like they like like uh, question finds it funny that they're like there's some irony to Telos because he pay, he pairs Harvey Dent versus Harvey Dent and a, a duel between the duel exactly Dents. yeah uh, it was good I, I and, like and that part but and also when it comes down to it we get to the point where Harvey is final uh, Two Face is finally convinced Judge uh, Judge Dent to kill him he's like because hey look if you don't do this. Your city's gonna die. Your family's gonna die. You just kill me, motherfucker. And, yeah, and he, uh, basically he's like, "You're a, you're supposed to be a good person. You do, exactly. you know what's right and what's wrong. Do what's right." And I thought that was awesome. I thought. But the problem awesome. is, he goes to do it. The question shows up, jumps in the middle of it, takes the bullet herself. Yeah. And as soon as she's down and presumably dead, yep. that Harvey Dent is sucked back to a teleportation device, back to his own city. I guess like he won. Yeah, that's how I saw it at least. I don't know why the te- he would be teleported away yeah. unless he did win or lose. But what? The, where's the fight here? It's, if it's supposed to be against Harvey Dent versus Harvey Dent, why, if he shot the question, does this count? And uh, a spoiler alert too: uh, Renee doesn't die, and so they would even know that. I mean, if this is Telos or whoever with this, this uh, you know, the sucking people away when they win, they have the to rules. know when the exactly. rule, yeah. And so, yeah, it just it, it did seem off. But uh, I did this like it a lot. My, fa- my favorite part, though, she's she uh, Renee Montoya gets shot. She's down on the ground. Harvey Dent gets sucked away, and then Batwoman's. Oh my God! She starts like, doing CPR mm-hmm. and uh, does mouth to mouth, and Renee Montoya pull, straight up pulls a squints from the sandlot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> Freaking up. Uh, Everybody was remember good. squints in the sandlot when the kid goes in the water and the lifeguard he loves comes down and rescues his mouth mouth, grabs a hold of her and starts making it. That's exactly what Renee, yeah. Renee Montoya does to Batwoman. Uh, and I laughed and I laughed. Now, we both love the sandlot. Isn't, don't you think that squints is uh, – his smile is one of the creepiest smiles I think it's endearing. That. It's so crazy looking. It just reminds uh, me of being a kid when I see that boy smile. Yeah. Uh, th- this issue had a little personal thing to me. When Renee, I'm laughing, and this is going to come off as awful. When Renee goes to see her dad, it's okay, you can go now. That's, yeah, that's it, basically I, it, what happened I, to me when I went and saw my father. And my, it totally reminded uh, me of that as well. When my mom, my mom, just the backstory. My my father passed away uh, what a month ago about. Yeah, he's and, uh, uh, Jim's I, down the dead dad club. Yeah, yeah. I had mentioned it a couple times on the podcast that he was sick, but he did pass. But before he did, my mom calls me and says, "You have to come see your dad. I think that he's waiting for you to come see him again." <laughs> so I show up, and my mom is there, and she's just like, "My dad is a mess. Uh, the guy lost like I'm, my dad was like a five hundred pound man." lost about 350 pounds they they took him off of any sort of meds or anything and and basically had him on uh, morphine just basically waiting for him to die so i get there he is like his eyes are barely open they're fluttering i mean this he's done and my mom's going 
Jimmy's here. You can go now. And I'm telling you, the way she was saying it was creeped me out so much that I thought she was going to get a pillow and put it over his head. And I, I'm telling you. And then he did pass, I think, two days later. And then the, I go to see my mom to see if she's okay. And basically, the only thing she tells me is, yep, I'm well off now. I won't have to work anymore. I think I'm cutting my hours. I'm like, oh, you are awful. This is why when we talk about stuff, that I'm like, yeah, I'm not really uh, big on my family. And again, too, that like these weird things. I really also expected my mom to get my dad's mouth and start like, Jimmy, I always loved you. She's like saying the craziest stuff. Ventriloquist the shit it, out of it, it. It almost seemed like it was like like she had written a script to to say to make herself feel better. It, oh, it's <laughs> awful, but that's I'm reading this, and again I'm saying this where most people would be like, "Oh my god, all oh, that." I'm reading this uh, this quite. I'm laughing. <laughs> like, oh, I laughed oh, so bad because like, I thought of you immediately. Oh my. God, yeah. But that looks like this. Um, a lot of people always gave Return of the King a bunch of shit because I had so many endings. This one seemed to as well, yeah. but I loved it because every time I thought the book ended, yeah, with a great ending, yep, it gave me another one and it was even better. Like I'm saying, the first one was Renee Montoya and like starts making out with Batwoman, yep, and you, you get the assumption these two are going to get back together again. Yeah. That's awesome. And then Harvey did. Why would you get in the middle of that? I'm like, you're worth saving, Harvey. Be good. Yep. And then I'm like, that's an awesome ending. And then when I turn the page, Renee goes to visit her dying father in the hospital. Yep. And her father had uh, – what the hell's the word? He, he had like um, – not banished her, but uh, disowned her. He had disowned her for being gay before all this. Okay. And now that he's dying, she went to the hospital and says, I'm here, Papa. And like, Renee, you are my special girl. I love you. Yep. It is, I'm actually getting chills right now just thinking about it. Yeah. It was such an excellent ending. And then she leaves. She goes to leave the hospital and she picks up her hat and there is – Harvey's coin. Yep. He left it behind. He doesn't need it anymore. He doesn't need to have a bad option anymore. No, he's always and that good. is the actual he's ending. He's going to be the good man. Each ending got better and better. I'm like, oh my God, Greg Rucka, as much as you don't like us, I love you, man. You wrote the hell out of yeah. this book. Am I an awful person that when this started, I was hoping this question would be the worst book ever? I really yes. wanted to. I yes, wanted you are. I am because I really, he, he was a jerk to us. He was a real jerk. But yet, boy, I think that in the back of his mind, he knew I, yeah. I'm a fucking yeah. hell of a writer and I kicked ass. So the hell with these guys who put up their one a cover <laughs> and one page without dialogue and put it up as a preview that DC actually gave them as a preview. Yes. God forbid. But this is probably my favorite book this week. Um, you know why we know he hates us? Why? You know why? Because we, you gave it these books great reviews, these two issues, and he, oh, would, yes. he would not touch them on Twitter. He would not retweet them. Nothing. So he knows us. He hates us, just like a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. But I gave this a nine out of ten. Yeah. I love this book. I actually, I don't do this a lot because, like, you know, the demand of reviews and getting on the new shit. Yeah. I'm probably gonna go back and reread this again. Oh, just really? Because I ha- I'm, I'm telling you, it really touched me. That's cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. A little personal ending for me. Yeah, I know. That's the best part. It made me think of you. You know what? The other funny part is, if you remember weeks before that or months before when I went to see my dad at the old folks home and I went, (laughs) me and my dad don't say I love you to each other a lot. I don't think he ever has. And I said to him, I'm like, you know what? We're leaving. And when she says, like, you've always been my special, perfect little girl. I love you. I thought, you know what? When my dad was there, I went with my son, Rafe, and said, hey, dad, by the way, I love you. And he's like, yep. Time for you guys to go. That's what I got. We went out and Rafe was so mad. He's like, he left you hanging. Like, yep, just like Jason Todd. Maybe that's why I got mad about Jason Todd Maybe. hanging out in that Batman and Robin. God darn it. Ah, my next book and the last book for the podcast is 
Harley Quinn, Convergence Harley Quinn number two, written by Steve Pug. I said I still don't know how he follows us on Twitter. I really like the guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name. If no. somebody could tell me, please, and I don't know, just phonetically spell it out yes, for me. Exactly. I said to you, I was going to written by Steve <laughs> Art by Phil Winslade, John Dell, and Chris Chuckery. I like that name, Chris Chuckery. It's pretty cool. Yeah. This issue starts with Harley fighting the Zoo Cruise Pig Iron, and then it gets crazy. After a cool little backstory from Captain Carrot, Harley shows up and shit gets real. Real funny, that is. While Harley pretends she has a multitude of powers, Captain Carrot cowers in fear, and both of them go through a series of crazy, zany, cartoony scenes that end up with them sitting in a wrecked amusement park eating carrots together. While I only wanted Harley to end up with good old Louie, she's still too crazy and heads off on a road trip with Ivy and Catwoman. Ah, this is another one that doesn't really have a convergence ending. No. Actually, Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure at all. I don't know if you want me to get because I have a problem with the end where I'm not fully. I don't know if I'm not understanding this correctly or what, if I have a weird idea. What's going on? You go with it. I think that Harley poisoned Captain Carrot. Oh, well, at one point she kind of he says it, but I think it's a joke. But they never I, I tell don't you. No. Oh, I know because she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. There's a poison carrots, but the only reason I think she didn't is because she's also eating the carrots. No, but, then, but she oh, said yeah, that she said Harley she worked up the. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She was immune to the poison. I think that was Poison Ivy's yeah. ploy all along. All along, that's why she gave her the carrots. So you think that she, I think she straight up killed Captain I, Carrot I, with poison carrots. I think that just like the other parts of the issue where she was pretending different things, that that was a joke. But man, you might be right. I think I don't know. I was really actually I felt empty inside when I finished yeah. this issue because I'm thinking, did she just fucking she kill just a poisoned, zoo crew? She just poisoned one of the zoo crew. He is done. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the issue in general? It was a crazy issue. I had fun throughout until I got that empty feeling yeah, yeah. at the end. I, but no, I, I it was it. even with that, though. I liked it. It, it was really, like, spot on Harley. Yeah. I had a great time with it. This is probably a 8.5, 8.7 out of 10. I don't want to give it a 9 just it's, because it didn't have the emotional connection that I gave the yeah, question. Yeah, it's funny. I gave it an 8.5, but somehow I told you I, I meant to give it an 8.8. 8. I know. And somehow I wrote 8.5, and then it was already done. So I didn't want to go back and change it. It was, you know, a day later I saw yeah. But yeah, I wanted to give it an 8-8, eight, eight. and I really, again, this kind of, this has a back and forth through time uh, deal. It does, I, I didn't necessarily love that, no. but it was good. I really liked the way that um, Steve <laughs> sets up the um, pig iron at the beginning, because it almost sets up the book to be a cartoon physics crazy yes. world with him there. And I thought that was great. And then you also get the rabbit season as the name of the issue, <laughs> which is it's awesome. Um, and again, like you said, Harley's spot on and she's great. And the fact that she realizes I don't have any superpowers, though, she does mention the thing you had problems Super, with in the yeah. first. That super she, strength. She's like, look at this. Look at this. Uh, this hammer. I have to have super strength to pick it up. But she also <laughs> claims it's this magical hammer. And I thought one of the greatest panels in this was when. Uh, Captain Carrot punches the hammer as it's coming yeah. and it shatters like that. It was so good. I love the art the whole way. Oh, um, yeah, it was amazing. And Captain Carrot to me was great. I love that he spells out a bit of his backstory. You get a little of the zoo crew. You have them yeah. involved. It really That's what I like. That's the one reason I really like the back and forth of the story because we get the Alley Catabra. Yeah. yeah, you get the Alley Catabra. You get all of them. They're trying to figure out how how they can help. And then they're using Louie and... Um, Catwoman and Poison Ivy's reaction to what's happening and, and Harley herself, and they misconstrue everything. They think oh, yeah. That, and it's so funny. It's really, really good. Um, 
yeah, the ending felt incomplete to me, and yeah. I would not, I would not doubt that um, the three of them are going to show up in one of these ending convergence titles because they they go off on what looks to be a road trip. Yeah, and I don't know that they're not, you know, issue number eight, whatever, that they're going to roll into town and be part of that end of convergence because that, I'd like that. I feel uh, so bad for Louie. I know Louie was he he was scared of her and then he loved her and then his hand is mangled. Yeah, and he doesn't even get the love of the woman that he uh, like you know. Did all I'm sorry, he opened himself so much to love yeah. this woman, yep. and now she's just been ripped away from her head. She's two psychopaths and in that's, his apartment. And again, she's too, and she is hardly as still too crazy as how they yeah. announced it. Like, she and you know who did that to her? Those two, oh they my injected God, I was her. So angry, yeah. With them. So it's not even, it's not like it's not that it's anything to do with. Anything but what they did to Harley is caused Harley to not have a good life because she was having a great life in that first yeah. issue. And Louie's life was great, too. They were really enjoying each other. And both of them seemed to have found, like, the love of their life, and now it's over because of those two awful jerks. And as much as I felt bad and, like, hated the fact that Louie got the shafts really bad, yeah. I did love that finale where they, like, uh, Poison Ivy's like, here, this is, like, I know it wasn't even that. Harley gave Poison Ivy a letter to give to Lily. Yeah, smell you and later. Smell you later, X, 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 yeah. X, and it goes on from, I put so many kisses in there, yeah. I don't think he's ready for this and, letter, yeah. Harley. She didn't even give it, to, she, they could have given him the letter. Yeah. And they didn't. I think that they didn't because then Louie would have been like, I don't care how you are, Harley, I love you. And they have this crazy plan, they're taking her off in the, in the, the florist van. Yeah, Poison I'm telling you, really hated Poison Ivy and Catwoman because of this. We're we're saying this about the thing, and this only goes to prove how much we liked Harley in this issue, because this isn't that we're mad at at, uh, the writing. We're mad at what they do in this issue because of how good the writing was and how good the character was. I wanted them to be together. And it's almost like they they set it up to to break your heart at the end. And they did. And they did. Oh, so upset. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah, I gave it an 8.5, though. I meant to give it an 8.8. 8. <laughs> I really liked it, and I want to know how to pronounce his name. So do I. Pew? I'm going to go sure. Pew. Steve Pew. Pew I, don't, I just don't like that because it makes you exactly. Okay, That's what makes yeah, you think. I I'm know. sorry. That's, but man, Hopefully it's not. He's also not. He's the guy who did the cover, too. Yeah, I love yeah, the cover. Awesome. And uh, in fact, when I uh, sent him either the covers, the best covers of the week, or this, he sent us a picture on Twitter of uh, Harley and Captain Carrot fighting. And it was nice. awesome. He's, he's a really good artist. Um, and also a great writer, because I love I loved this whole... Uh, sure the, I. the first two issues. And again, this was one that upset me at the end, because <laughs> I, really, I really was excited for Harley. Just to get back with him. At the end, I could even see her being crazy, and him just saying, listen, let's, uh, you know, I'll be with you until you figure it out. And she, like, every now and again, you see these, like, panels of her trying to kill him. And he's just like, <laughs> come on now, let's settle down. I, I would have been... Calm I down, been, crazy yeah, lady. Let's go been, watch some TV. But yeah, that's about it. You said, Cook up some gerbils. Yeah, we're not talking about the atom uh, no we're not talking about the atom but if i it, haven't done it yet if it's anything like last issues adam it's it's exactly not, even i'm telling you even if i had done it i don't even know if we talk about it because yeah. of how much i did not like the yeah. first one and um i'll end by saying uh these issues had backups where they were previews of the june yes. books we we're talking about maybe talking about them here but uh, we talk long enough. Uh, I'm yes. I'm doing a little article, I think, about what I think my uh, thoughts on each of them are. It's just minor things because these yeah. are only eight-page eight, eight things. But uh, most of them I've seen look really good, though I have an issue with how Green Arrow looks. 
Yeah. That's one of my main issues of the thing. But I'm telling you, just a little general thing is that uh, that Green Lantern with Hal looks awesome. Oh uh, God, I really yeah. I really like all of them. I'm going to read. I haven't read the Prez one yet or the That's set. right, because D-Ron wanted us to talk about that a little yeah, bit with yeah. Hal Jordan. Like, His name is Darren. Know? Oh, I know it's Darren, but I like yeah. D-Ron. Yeah, Darren wanted uh, us to talk about the uh, Convergence um, one not of... Not Convergence. Yeah, it was... Uh, no, it was Convergence last issue. Convergence, um, one of the variant covers had that picture of Hal. Oh, right, yeah. I'm just, yeah, 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 I get what so you're talking about. So it was the Jedi Hal. That's what and, we consider it, yeah. And again, he wanted us to talk about it and what we thought about it. I thought it looked pretty cool. It's um, really cool. Going into this issue with that, though, or this preview... He really is. He's like, I hate to say he's like Star-Lord, but he he's is. a lot like Han Solo, too. And he's almost like a, almost like a rogue Jedi, with the, yeah. especially with the, the Green Lantern Cloak. powers and, and stuff like that. He does come off as almost like a rogue Jedi that's on his own. I think it looks awesome. He has an awesome spaceship. Exactly. I think it looks amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I, you're, you do the review for that. I wish yep. I did because, man, it looks good. There's also the Omega Men where you see pseudo or sort of uh, Kyle Rayner getting killed. How dare they? Of course they're. How like, dare they, they? I told you. I told you right away when we were talking about We had a whole podcast about these books coming out. And I said, yeah, that Omega Man's going to come out. They're going to make it look like they killed Kyle and they're never going to show it. They didn't. The, the camera cuts out right as they're going to kill him. <laughs> uh, so that's a bunch of hooey. Um, other than that, they had a... Um, Detective Comics had a little preview of the uh, Jim Gordon as Batman, uh, which looked kind of cool. Um, Robo-Bat. Yeah, Robo-Batman. And a couple other ones. I don't even remember all of them. This is off the top of my head. But I, in general, uh, I think all those previews uh, look pretty cool. I don't know. I think and we're going to start calling him the Bat 209 off the Ed Bat 209 from RoboCop. Yeah. Right. And you'll be reviewing it, so you can call sure. it. No, you you are, you're going to be reviewing that oh, book. Oh, Detective Comics. I'm saying yeah. ma- mainly the Batman. Yes. So you'll get your chance at that. But, yeah, next week we have what? It's Zero Hour stuff, right? Yes, it is. And if I remember, you were a little disappointed with Zero Hour. I was really disappointed with so Zero Hour. If uh, the trend continues, you're not going to be any more uh, happy because it seems like these books, if you like the first issue, you like the second. If you didn't, you didn't. Well, the Justice League really let me down. Well, I really like the know first what? issue. I'm wrong because that is true. That's the one you were right. That one we, we both liked. And it's a possibility that the Adam could come out of nowhere and blow me the fuck away. Who knows? Uh, just a little bit right before we leave. I will look. I want to see what people are reviewing the Adam. I don't think that many people even reviewed it. Everybody had bailed on that one. Uh, the Adam. The Adam. I do not see a review for the Adam. All right, so I'll be first still. Holy moly. Nobody reviewed that a whole week. <laughs> nobody. I don't see it. I'm looking at Comic Book Roundup, and I do not see one Adam. I don't see it as Adam or the Adam. So, yeah, you're going to be the first. That is Excellent. That is crazy. <laughs> Nobody, that, was it that bad, that first one? Yes, it was. Yes, that was the answer I was waiting for. Yes, it was. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, if you want to come to our, pod, our podcast, our website <laughs> is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. We're on Twitter at weirdsciencedc. We're on other places. Just look us up. Uh, type Weird Science, DC Comics, Weird Science Reviews, DC Comics, whatever. You might get a, a hit on the movie itself, but you might even get, <laughs> you might get to our site as well. And we try to review every book each week. We try to put up uh, articles and stuff like Top 5 Fridays that Jody forgot to put up, I guess. He told me. He was I guess, to. yeah. I don't know. We're very uh, loose on some things, but that's what our appeal is, isn't it? We're, you like to punk say rock, we're punk baby. rock. <laughs> punk rock. Yeah, uh, we're lazy. Yes. We're lazy and messy men. 
But yeah, if you want to do that, also when you listen to this podcast, if you like it, please uh, review it on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen it to. Give us a review. Give us some stars. Do whatever you want. If you want one star, five, 20, I don't care. Just do what you do. And Eric, you do what you do. Oh, I will. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh,